I trust A's. Do you? A's is doing a great job at what it does. At I'm not saying it, it should be doing it. Like 9-11, you had to end the sorrow and the anger and the rage and the sadness. You had to go, dude, fucking bullseye. <laughs> bullseye. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Flagrant. And uh, listen, we are here with the uh, the reason why I was able to put out my special. Thank you guys so much for supporting it. Uh, and the star of his new film. We got Louis C.K. and Joe List. Hey. <laughs> I was telling you this before, I just got to say thank you so much. Because if you didn't do it, then I wouldn't have been able to do it. And this has been a really awesome experience for me. And uh, I'm just really grateful. And I believe in giving credit to those who paved the way, man. So, and I well, did no not. Oh, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, assumed, I just assumed that was for me. I did a YouTube special. That's why I thought. Rogan goes so badly. It's a great guest. <laughs> right before the podcast, we're, we're sitting out there and we're saying hi to Joe and introducing Joe to everybody. I'm like, hey man, I'm really excited for this. He's like, me too, man. Oh, by the way, I did the worst Rogan ever. <laughs> He's like, I was told by everyone. It's the worst Rogan ever. I think I have like the first, the first worst and like the fifth worst. <laughs> I've done it too. I'm 0 for 2. Top 10. Yeah. Right. Both I'm, times. I'm, I'm, but I feel bad because I took away, Louis was going to say something very profound. No, I'm sure. Keep going. <laughs> I just wanted to do a bit and get out. Profound is, no, you know, is yeah. But, but Louis, thank you. I didn't do it for you. No, no, no. <laughs> Louis, we went over. I this didn't before. even know you existed. I didn't even have an um, sort of like an abstract notion of you or anybody else. <laughs> uh, or I'm anybody else. To see. It I'm actually, to see it actually, uh, it actually annoys me a little that you're doing it now. Oh, why? It's why taken is away that? from me. How amazing yours was. That's right. I wanted to be the only one to ever do it. Now, now you did no, immediately no, I'm ask. Please, I'm very pleased that you're it. doing it. You immediately asked how much money I made. Of course, I did. And when I, when Stay you found it. out I made less, you were like, "I'm really proud of you." And, uh, <laughs> is that what you think? <laughs> no, but you wouldn't tell me how much you I made. I didn't tell you how much I made. After you asked me how that's much. That's right. I asked yeah. you. It was well, dirty. it's like poker. It's like, what are your cards? I'm not gonna, it's not an exchange. Is that, you is didn't that, say. Is that a part of poker? What you are your say, cards? Sometimes people ask people, what do you have? Ah, ah, ah. And it's an interesting tactic in poker. They don't expect them to tell them. Mm. But you go, what do you have there? And then they look at their face while after they That's ask. That's interesting because he thought this is friendship and you thought this is <laughs> yeah, poker. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were playing <laughs> poker against me. It's all poker. Yeah. And you're the no, worst I, negotiator I, ever, too. You didn't, yeah, you didn't say, are you, tell, are you gonna tell me? You just told me, you just no, told no, no, me. No, no, you no. gave me fucking <laughs> industrial data. You gave me industry data with no prior, uh, you know, agreement. You just right. said, I asked you, you told me. You, it's astonishing. You said, <laughs> "How person does that?" I go, "You go. How did it go?" Now yeah. you're not asking emotionally. Luke. No, that's right. I said, "How did it go?" And then go, you said, "You wanted. Do you want to know how, how much?" I'm I like, did. Okay. I did lift my hand. You did. I did. Which means no, nobody, nobody over here. No, <laughs> he heard it, but not. But not. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it and tweeted it. it out. I hope that's cool. Oh that's no, that's totally yeah, fine. It's out there. <laughs> totally fine. Um, it's on yeah. my Insta stories. Anyway, and I did not share with you how much I make. But then I asked you in the same way. I was like, "Do you feel comfortable with me asking you?" And then you you pause for a moment and you say. No, I do not. <laughs> well, you see, why wow, you rewrite things a lot because it's not about what happens. <laughs> <laughs> happens. Yeah, that happens. It's interesting, <laughs> but it's and it's what? not because you're lying. It's because you hear yourself differently. You said you just said that you said. Do you feel comfortable yeah. with me asking? Yeah, that didn't happen at all. You what just I said, said. Do you mind if I ask you? Hey, that's very different. Do you feel comfortable <laughs> you feel with comfortable? me asking? Yeah, yeah. Which is a dumb question. Yeah. Because you're going to ask somebody that before you ask a question. Do you yeah. feel comfortable with me asking you about your childhood? You know, no, yeah. I don't. Then I won't. 
fucking stupid. That doesn't make any sense at all. You asked, you said, can I ask you? I said, I don't know. What, what if I was like, you. yo, it'd be super <laughs> if you didn't tell me how much you made. What if I said that? Would that be a little bit better? I would have told you immediately. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want to be super <laughs> We can't I don't say this. We got, a, we got a cut. Cut everything. Edit. Oh. Are you crazy? <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Super. Yeah, that's yeah. What The super. super Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't want you to know how much I made on my shows. It's, that's corporate data. I know how much you made at least. Do you? Yeah. How, what do you mean? How do you know that? I don't even care what you think you know. Well, you told but us how much you lost. I know you made more yeah. than me. So I know at least how much you make. Uh, Why do you think you poker? know? This is more interesting to me. I don't even care if you're filming this. I'm so interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Why yeah, do you yeah, think yeah, yeah. you know that I made more than you? You have a bad poker face, bro. Mm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes <laughs> people ask people things knowing they're not going to get an answer. And then yeah. they just judge by the way you look at them. Based on so outfits, Andrew made a lot more. Based on outfits? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's, it's the, it's, see, it's even dumber than having a bad poker face mm. is believing that you know somebody's poker face before you've even seen their this cards. This is the third time you've called and me dumb. <laughs> I'm saying that things you're start, doing I'm are dumb. I'm going to keep counting them. I think, I'm saying that thing, the things you're saying are dumb. Okay. That doesn't make you dumb. Ah. Nobody is stupid. You understand? Wow. Wow. That, that's like I said something racist. I thought it was That was super <laughs> That was super duper. Really like, everybody's smart. Everybody's That's not what I mean. Nobody's stupid. That's not what I mean. Nobody's stupid. What about the people who are like clinically? You mean retarded? Retarded people, yes. Like, yeah, they're on the spectrum or something like that. Guys, spectrum is not It's stupid. called Down Syndrome. What? Yeah, spectrum. Down Syndrome. Yes. Down Syndrome. Downsies. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. The, down, the Downses. The spectrum is not about intelligence. The spectrum well, is about social, being able to connect. No, no, but the retarded spectrum is about that. There's a retarded spectrum. Well, you think they're all the same IQ, Louis? Yeah, well, also you the IQ test. Every one of them is the same stupid? Yes, I understand what you're saying. And an IQ test, objectively, there's a low score. That's a stupid person. Yeah. It's like a tested thing. This is science here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess he's right. Do you not trust the science, bro? Yeah, I, no, I don't trust the science. You can't trust science. Keep going on science that. Science isn't about trusting. It's Science is about questioning. Oh, no trust. shit. Trust is about religion. Trust is faith. Mm. You don't trust science. You, you, uh, you, you, you look into it mm. and you test it and you, and you criticize it and scrutinize it. Are you, are you, you trust science? It's fucking that's bullshit. Somebody does an experiment, and then they go, "Here's what this means," and then everybody goes, "All right, we have to trust that." No, somebody needs to keep redoing it and re keep redoing it. Yeah, Scientific all the method. greatest theories in science have been like, you know, like uh, Stephen Hawking, the guy with a, yeah. yeah. you know, that guy Down Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's so stupid. <laughs> he's the stupidest man alive. That guy, he had a whole theory that he created that was that changed everything. Mm -hmm. Relativity. No. <laughs> and then he had. Relativity, <laughs> actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Everything's relative. Wasn't that the name of the movie? That's, that was Einstein. That's that's Einstein. Einstein. Yeah. Well, well, whatever. Yeah. He was smart. He wore the same thing every day. I thought that Which was guy? Steve Jobs. Yeah. He did too. He took it from Einstein. Well, I like that's. I like how Derek that's your. Peter also. Well, that's a uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still smart. Yeah. 
As you were. So uh, Hawking had this Hawking. 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 Hey, Hawking. He had um, a theory that was changed everything, and then he had now he had students, and he yeah. told one of his students just try uh, try this formula, like prove this, just you know for fun. To, and then the student couldn't do it. Yeah. Kept coming back, and then he realized, oh, my theory is totally wrong. Uh, and he had to admit it. His theory was flawed. Had flaws. So mm. he had to redo it. But if everyone trusted his theory, it would still sit there wrong, and there'd be spaceships, you know, crashing into moons. Now, is that how you feel about uh, the vaccine and <laughs> you know and <laughs> AIDS and stuff? Like, how do you? Yeah. <laughs> what about AIDS and stuff? <laughs> Well, AIDS. I trust AIDS. <laughs> I trust AIDS. Do you? AIDS is doing a great job at what it does. At I'm not saying it, it should be doing it. Right. I'm saying it's it, it's, it's, it's a fantastic yes, it's virus. Efficient. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like 9-11, you had to, in the sorrow and the anger and the and the rage and the sadness, you had to go, dude, fucking bullseye. <laughs> bullseye. Bullseye. I'm glad you Bulls said it because I can't. You right, know what yeah. I mean? Um, thank Bulls you. Bulls yeah. fucking I-E. <laughs> Both? You got both? It's two. You fucking. It's two. Yeah. And the Pentagon. Yeah. And the Pentagon. Are you yeah. fucking crazy? Boom, boom, boom. And Building 7. One. Building 7. Fucking, yeah. You know? I mean, just, oh. Mm. Lord have mercy. They were. Masterpiece, would you say? Yeah. 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 Someone. It's the Mona Lisa hadn't. For sure. I wish they hadn't. Sure. But. Because of all the people that died. Whoa, they really nailed it. They fucking <laughs> nailed it, dude. Yeah. yeah. I'm sh and I think they see it that way. They can appreciate One it. One of my favorite stories about it was uh, there was a documentary about it on PBS after, and they talked to, you know, they tried once before with the with the truck bomb. Mm -hmm. in the one the Notorious B.I.G. sang about. I think it was 96. In like 95 or 96. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it. I was living here. And uh, they found, so they got the, one of the guys they, that did it, they took him, they were taking him, uh, they talked to a cop. This is a great interview. They talked to <laughs> He just had a fucking Rain Man moment right there. I think it was 93. It was 95 or 96, I think. Was, what was 93? Wasn't that, what was that, the Somalia? <laughs> Black Hawk Down? It was in 93. You're thinking, thinking of Kuwait, I think. <laughs> well, wait, when, looked, did, when did Biggie up. die? 97. Okay, okay. So Biggie had time. 1993 was the bombing? Let's go, List. Let's fucking go. Okay. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, I know my bombing. And then 2004 was 9-11. He knows when was the, when was <laughs> the guy. The guy that gets the 93 bombing but not said 2001. <laughs> okay. That's a great Galifianakis joke. When he says, uh, someone said, "What? where were you on 9-11? And he says, what year? <laughs> mm. Funny guy. Oh, man. Very right, funny. Sorry. Back PBS. To PBS. PBS did a documentary. So they uh, interviewed a, a marshal, a federal marshal, who mm -hmm. escorted one of the perpetrators of that first bombing to his trial mm. in Manhattan. Mm. And they had him in a helicopter, and they're flying to the courthouse. So he's next to the prisoner. Oh, and they're shit. flying right next to the World Trade My Center. My God, this guy. And the, the federal guy, the fed marshal, is just a cop. He says, I pointed at the buildings and I said, you didn't get him, did you? And the guy just coldly said, we'll get him. Wow. wow. Whoa. What language? And they did. Those buildings are no longer there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they they're, no long, they're no longer there. They are no longer there. That might have <clears throat> been where he got the idea. Flying up there. He's like, mm. oh, this is the way. 
Yeah. That federal marshal probably was the inspiration for it. He was the muse. You know, that might be true. He was the muse for 9 11. Yeah, he saw from the air. Fuck from the. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. From the air. <laughs> he was probably asking, like, how do you fly that thing? He's yeah. probably asking little questions right there. It's his fault. I don't it's know if he was fault, thinking dude. of using that helicopter. It could have been a in. helicopter. I think it was more of a. Those we, crash. From the air. Yeah, you were you started out really smart. You got stupid at the end. See, oh, now they're stupid. What? Yeah, see, that's stupid. what I'm saying. You people go you like, in and out of stupid. You like to let people know when they're being dumb or stupid. Luke. When you what they saying is stupid. Yeah, it's a good word. It's a good valuative word. Are you pro- are you projecting something? Maybe. <laughs> Do you feel stupid? Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. I feel stupid all the time. Um, <laughs> when every day. Really? When did you feel stupid today? Um, you big dummy. <laughs> I'll tell you, last time I felt stupid, I was in a swimming pool on a paddleboard, teaching okay. myself to paddleboard in a swimming pool. Okay. <laughs> Ow. And I was starting to really nail it. And somebody was watching me and I was showing off. And then I wanted to jump off of it. Like, you know, I wanted to dismount and splash. But I had gone into the very shallow part of the pool. So I oh, cracked Jesus. my fucking knee <laughs> on the bottom of the pool. And mm. then I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. Mm. That was stupid. Yeah, that was dumb. That made me feel stupid. That's why I call him stupid to, to get, get it off. off. <laughs> get it off of me onto him. You got to cleanse the palate. I'm comfortable. Why not? I don't know him. I had a scary moment on a stand-up paddleboard in Aruba. It was like really wind. When you do the stand-up paddleboard, if it's really windy, you become like a sail. So yeah. it's, it's bad. If it's coming at you, it becomes really work. And I couldn't fucking move, and I was really struggling. And uh, a guy that was swimming went, hey, just step off of it. I was in, like, three feet of water. (laughs) So I just got off and, like, walked back with the paddleboard. But I was, like, doing fucking this, and I couldn't get anywhere. And he's like, yeah, you just get down. Now, Joe, can I ask you a question? That's the last time I was stupid. That was it, huh? 2005. And then that was it. You're after 9-11. Nailing it it ever since. Are you uh, a great actor, Joe? Are you kidding? No. Give me a, give me an emotion. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm gonna do Asian veteran. Asian, 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 Asian oh, veteran. You it out the yeah, park. Yeah. Oh, I fought hard <laughs> in the war. It's an Asian veteran. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I survived. Asian the war. Uh, Asian veterinarian. Can you do that? <laughs> um, Asian veterinarian. Hey, we'll give it a shot. In the, wait, that wait. <laughs> Italian. Wait, I fucked up. Hey, I fucked up. That was Italian. Oh, wow. Your dog is sick, hey. But I made a choice, you see. Good uh, actors make choices. Yes, he makes yes. choices. He's a great yeah. actor when it comes to making choices. That's a thing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, Joe absolutely. is a really great actor. He's a Thank great natural you. actor. And I, uh, as evidence of was that he is, first choice? is the movie that we made. Well, that's, that's what we were getting in there. Was he yeah, your first great. choice for this movie? He's the only choice. Not my first choice. I argued to not play me. I wanted Chalamet. <laughs> Because of the resemblance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I see that for sure. Right? Yeah. Yes. Chalamet would have been fucking great, to be honest. Chalamet's so good. He's a better actor than Chalamet. Say that again. I think that he's a better actor than Timothy Chalamet. Have you seen Dune? Yes. That is the third worst movie I ever saw. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I was watching it. I don't get it. Future wow. piece of shit I movie. I love that movie. It just mo- It's just people... I, I, just sounds and then mm, why are we off my brilliance so quickly <laughs> no, yeah, we had a nice, we're chiseling out your brilliance okay. by saying what isn't good but what isn't bad okay okay so you think Dune sucked yeah I hated it are you a fan of anything good yeah I'm a fan <laughs> of all the good things okay did you like Top Gun Maverick 
I enjoy the shit out of it. It's a, it's a big, silly movie. But okay. so was the first one. But you I can't just the, give it up. I just you, loved it. Andrew said it's the best movie you've ever up, seen. Huh? The best part. Of, no, that's accurate. That's of, accurate. Uh, with, uh, is, uh, towards the end, when somebody says, like, you're back, Maverick, where you belong, and you hear all these bald, fat guys. And <laughs> you just hear <laughs> all the dudes are crying. Because they're like, yeah, we're back. They heard us for so many years. <laughs> you know, we're back. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> that movie is beautiful. Yes. Top Gun it Maverick. is a great movie. Another, like 9-11. It's it like, is. they shouldn't have done it, but they, boy, do they fucking <laughs> nail it. They fucking nail it. They're suffering and there's sorrow. Oh and God. I'm sorry for the family. But wow, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Maverick. Now, after you saw Top Gun Maverick and you have this film with Joe that you guys are putting out, yeah. right? Do you see, is there a resemblance between Tom Cruise's ability to capture emotion and really kind of like hold a scene and Joe? And Joe. 100%. And, I, and as a matter of fact, when I saw that movie and I thought about this is being enjoyed all over the country, people are loving this movie. And I thought our movie is a perfect like companion for it. Also, because 4th of I July, think, patriotic name. That's right. There you go. And born on the 4th of July. I mean, look at all the Oh my uh, God. Yeah, it's a lot of oh, connections. Yeah. It's Tom Cruise movie. But whenever, it's Tom Cruise movie. So I'd help him out. He's in a wheelchair. Downsy. <laughs> Downsy, yeah. Physical downsy. Yeah. Down, downsy, literally, like, yeah. Downsy, downsy, downsy from yeah. the upsies. Yep. I'm an upsie, yeah. he's a downsy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's what we should call. They should have been called downsy. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, the, the, uh, whenever there's been a big blockbuster, mm. uh, there's been an, a little movie that came with it, like a little movie that everybody really loved. For like example. a little funny, I have no examples. Okay. <laughs> no examples. I had a feeling, I had a feeling. Yeah. So like with Terminator, there was like another movie that came out. I think probably something like that. Maybe yeah. like a Labor Let's Day, just say like so. a yeah. holiday movie, yeah. a movie about a holiday. Yeah, or like Sideways. When Sideways came out, I don't know what the big blockbuster was that 2004 year. is actually a couple months before. That's right. There you go. Uh, Look at the big brain on a cash. Yes. Yes. Smart motherfuckers. Yes. Smart Pulp Fiction, yeah. 94. <laughs> okay, is there anything? Are you like a guy like it's hard for you to celebrate mainstream successful things? Not as long as they're good. I I I I like when a movie kicks ass when yeah. everybody digs it. Yeah. I don't like when they just push just push push marketing. Yeah, and, and it's just say, dog we shit. swear to god this is good and they pay, spend tons of money on yeah. on the movie. Dune. And there's just an inevitability to it. Dune is an interesting midway because it's not just a dumb piece of shit that they're like, everyone's going to like this because people are stupid. It's supposed to be smart. It's supposed to be cool. But you didn't find it cool. That, does that bother you more? That I tends think to it bother does. me it's more. just more yeah. pretension in it. Yes. But then I do have to respect that people love Dune. They love it. I have to respect that. That means they're right, they're right for them. Have you? It does, uh, it's just for me. It makes me feel isolated because I'm like, what is that? But everybody digs it. You got to respect that. Sure. But France. 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 Do you ever go and spend time France? there? I know where he's going with You're this. like a Let French guy. Let him get there. You're a very like French person. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> on the surface, you're not, I feel like you're complimented. Mm, no, we. <laughs> Merci. No, 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 no. Because I, no, like, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, joke around. Like I'm being serious. Like you're like a very thoughtful person. You're, but you, you can point out the like, uh, kind of almost like, uh, what did you say about Top Gun? It was, uh, what I say, je suis, it's a je fun suis. time, but yeah. it's like, but it's also silly. Yeah. Right. That's the French attitude. I think the French are skeptical about very incredibly successful things. They like to like pull out the, they're like food Jews. Food Jews. <laughs> yes, exactly. What's so a it's food like, Jew? Well, it's like a Jew, but it also likes food. So it's like, 
So, for example, food juice. Food juice. Yes. Yeah. I think Does I still know where he's going with your this. Your world of people say food juice, or do, do you, you think I'm a Jew? <laughs> do I think you're uh, Schultz? Yeah. No. Schultz is like the name of the guy in the Home other guys. Heroes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah so, the bad guys. So, so yeah, I think you're thoughtful. Why I think you're interesting. Why did him for? Because he's a Nazi? I think no, that was. he's not a Jew. That was Not the, a Jew. That, that, that was, was your fist Oh, bump. you don't know. Okay, I yeah. see. Yeah. 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 You get, you worry about that because of your nose. Yes. <laughs> you Whoa. said that, not me. Whoa. Yes, you I made said that it. observation. <laughs> I did. Who else has big noses? Italians. Italians have big noses. Italians. Yeah. Also food juice. And Arabic girls sometimes and very sexy lying, I, I, where women with puppets. big noses are yeah. you're sexy. into a big nose that's a sexy attribute in a woman really would you would you be gay right now from french to gay i don't know which well one that's I would his, that's the gateway would Jack. i be gay be gay could you say more words so you know how to answer that <laughs> <laughs> would I be gay? Mm-hmm. Come on, more. <laughs> if, if would I be gay? If what? Would you be gay? If? Just no, in okay, general. No, just in general. Yeah, yeah. Would, would you, you be, be gay? gay? I actually like the. Would you be philosophical? Gay? Yeah, yeah, we're be, being French would right now. Would you be gay? Yeah. We're in a cafe. Give, given dude. the opportunity, given the. Hey, that's for you to. Were there circumstances? Yeah, I, I, sure. Why not? You don't need circumstances. No. Like would if you I just had an emotional and like romantic attraction to a guy, would you just would, I would go you with it? Indulge in it. Like, I would be scared, and I would contemplate going towards that fear because of public scrutiny. I'll tell you a moment that I felt I almost became gay. So see a lot, sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Okay, I was, it was uh, 16, 17, living in uh, where I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts. And we had, a, uh, my friends and I did a lot of drugs. Mm. And a friend of ours took us to a downtown Boston loft show. It was like a concert in somebody's loft apartment. Okay. And it was super cool. And yeah. I felt so cool being there. And a friend of mine knew some of the bands, so I got to meet them. I'm 16, I'm 17, smoking pot, you know? And uh, so we're leaving the loft. We're going down these stairs that are going like this. And some guys are going up because it's continuing. And one guy goes, hey. And I look up and there's a guy at the top of the stairs. And he goes, he's wearing like uh, Buddy Holly glasses or something. This is the 80s. And he says, hey. And I go, what? And he goes, where are you going? And I said, well, we're leaving. And he goes, you're cute. And I said, thanks. And he said, come back up. And for one second, I thought, that's a choice up there. That's just going going back up, hmm. letting my friends go back to Newton and being gay. Up there. <laughs> that was a choice. Yeah. But I looked at him, and then I went forward in my head to the big, you know, cock coming all in my face. And yeah, yeah. I was like, nah, so let's go home. So homosexuality is a choice, is what yeah. we're taking from this. <laughs> For me at the moment, yeah. it was. A homosexual act would have been a choice. That's always a choice. Yes. An act is always a well, choice. Well, it was like, a na- what's my nature? Is that my nature? Is that what I want? Is this, you know, I liked things about the moment. I liked that he was invited, that he was an, a, a grown-up, and I was reaching out to wanting to be a grown-up. And he validated me. And I like, yes, that he validated me yeah. and that he said, I want you to come up and hang out with these grownups that you don't even know. Yeah. That was interesting. But then when I added the gay sex angle in my head, yeah. I thought, that taints the moment for me. I don't want to Because do the that. sex part. I don't want to have sex with a man. I don't desire men sexually. But we want validation from men. Sure. And we want to feel yeah. cool. And you're at the cool loft and party. Then, and that age, you just, if 100%. someone gives you that, you know, you go 
oh yeah, I want to hang out with you. You made me feel like that. Do you think yeah. if you weren't already- I liked him too. I liked the way he talked. He was assertive. Some about him, he seemed open and cool and like- Fatherly. Yeah. 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 He's like, I'm going to fuck that you... guy. I'm going to fuck that kid. Come on up here. This <laughs> is my God, French. Good for, good for you. You're French, man. I'm not sure. You have a French honesty, dude. I think that you're, I think you're from where you are from in the world. Where am I from? Like stupid lands, I would call it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're a lot smarter than you seem. I'm a dumb guy. Yeah, you act like a dumb guy. Because you make, know. You make money acting like a dumb guy. Okay. But you're smart, you're educated, you were raised with a lot I of money. I went to a party school. Yeah, that's my parents, people with money, intelligent people with money go to party schools. Oh, my parents fuck, didn't have dude. crazy money. Wow. That, that's true, right? Fuck. My yeah. parents taught dance lessons for a living. How much money can you make doing that? You tell me. I don't know. I won't tell Millions you. Millions of no, dollars. Don't, don't tell him. <laughs> Again, you always tell him the money. Come on, yeah, you got to say something. No, but uh, no, I, I grew up in the East Village. You know? Yeah. And there was like a, you grew there was up a, in the East Village. Astor Place. Wow. And there was a French influence. Yeah. Yeah, sure. By Starbucks. Did you just question whether it was the fucking East Village yes, for a second? Yes, I did. I didn't dislike you until that <laughs> moment of this podcast, and I almost wanted to punch you in your head. You looked wow, over so at funny. Joe that's... like Joe is going to know what the fuck the East Village was. I confirmed. You guys are it from Boston. It wasn't Joe. It was anybody. What the fuck do you know about New York? <laughs> you moved to the West Village. You're right. Around at loft You're parties. Right. 100%. Okay? You're right. Jesus You're right. Christ, these hipsters. Oh, the Bushwick is the real place. Do you see right how now. important it is to if him that he's from the East Village? Nothing if he's not a New Yorker. That's it. Well, that's my identity. New Yorker, East Village. Yeah. That's yes. how important that is to you. But yeah. no, it was just well, that you, you know what, what the hell is of growing up on Astor Place. But can I be honest? Is with that you? you're not quite there and you'll <laughs> never fucking live there. Right now we're on Lafayette. You're in the fucking border. You wish you were Well, no, this isn't East Village. This is like Nolita Soho. You wish you were East Village. You, you wish you were like with Leonard Cohen and people like smoking hatch. I don't know who those but people are. But you live in East Village. You're nice. You had nice parents. You were sheltered. You yeah, had good it life. It was beautiful. It was a great life. Um, you're a Mexican. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. no, no, but real quick, you, you, were, you were right about the insecurity wasn't, it's what the East Village is now. East Village has moved over. People yeah. who live in Alphabet City go, oh, I live in the East Village. Before that wasn't. Yes. But now that it's moved over, now where I grew up is like NoHo. And now I've lost my East yeah, Village I understand identity. How that feels. And that's what you were tapping into. So you, you were right about that. I understand how that feels. I get that it. insecurity came out. I'll be honest. I think insecurity is not, like, people always want to get rid like of it. You're like a French investigator. But it's from somewhere real. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, like Cousteau. Cousteau. You're yeah. fucking Jacques. Yeah. You said Cousteau. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you got your... He investigated underwater. Yes, he did. Yeah, don't judge. He Whatever went up one to fish man. And he said, "What neighborhood do you think you're yeah, from?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mr. Marlin. Yeah, uh, yeah. The East, yeah, the Alphabet City used to have its own character, its own. It was its own place. Yes, it was. And now it's kind of yeah been gentrified by you people moving here to follow your dreams. Yeah, to our great city. Yeah, me the Mexicans gentrified. Yeah, the Mexicans coming in. That's right. Now you lie a lot about being Mexican. <laughs> can, can you? You're a big time liar about being Mexican. Can you cut that shit out a little bit? Why do you think it's a lie? Do you speak Spanish? Claro que sí. No, hablas español, güey. Hablas español? Claro. Go ahead. <laughs> yo, 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 he was struggling. Yo creo que no hablas español, güey. ¿Dónde aprende uh, español? You don't speak Spanish, Luis. <laughs> Shut that fucking shit up already. Viví en España. Viví en España. Uh, Viví un año en España. Okay. Y también trabajé en muchos restaurantes y, uh -huh. oh, y ahí okay. Entonces, aprendí español. Entonces, ¿estás española? No. Claro que sí. No, porque, no, no. Uh, Eres español, no estás. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, it's a grammar. That's what makes a person a person. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't be defensive. Don't be defensive. Yeah, Yo, you're really East Villaging this right now. I know, you I really am. are. I own, I, I own it. I'm Listen, defensive about it. You but are, you don't even know anything about why I'm Mexican. I mean, why do you think? Do you really think I don't know why you're Mexican? I don't know anything about what you know. I hope this ends in a fist fight. Yeah, <laughs> right? like, like, way more I just kick the shit out of each I'm other. I'm doing my research. Yeah. I know about these things. Research is me search. Mm. Oh. What? Now. <laughs> That's a saying. <laughs> what? It's the same when you're when you're when doing you research, research you're searching it. yourself. Yeah. It's mm. like when you're writing, you're always writing about yourself, even if you think you're not writing about yourself. Mm. That's I'm true. a smart motherfucker too. I'm French. I, I want to be French. Oh, I'll make out with a man right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is giving the opportunity. Invite him upstairs. Come on. We've got some spiral stairs. Yeah, we do. Did you feel when you walked up those stairs? They weren't spiral, but I like that. It's a half the spiral. Don't tell people what's on the back end. Yeah. I didn't go back there. I don't know anything. Uh, I believe in that. I trust that. If you tell me that's a spiral staircase. Yeah. You want to go for a walk up the staircase? No, but I, 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 it's there. Can I try again? Hey. Hey. Where are you going? <laughs> if, it, if, it, if that guy had done that, it would have been like, fuck. No, no, no. <laughs> You guys don't know how to act. You don't know how to pick. <laughs> you don't know how to pick up a teenage boy. Uh, damn, bro. Okay, okay. You don't no. act sexy with a teenage boy. You, you, you act cool. You, hey, what's up? Come on. Oh, f is that cool? I mean, it almost worked on me. That's why I know it. Right, 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 right. Cool's changed, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 it's all good. We all get old, bro. And yeah. uh, okay, am so, I the oldest person here? I think so, right? What do you mean? Do you really have to ask that question? Think. Oh my god! <laughs> Break out the yeah. font on your iPhone again. And then <laughs> <laughs> also, when you talked about the bald fat guys crying at Top Gun, I was like, "Was Louis crying at Top Gun?" <laughs> I cried at Top Gun Maverick. I did. I, I, I knew it. I knew it. I can't believe how they preserved this fucking character and how Tom did. Mm. Yeah. And brought him to. I mean, when as soon as it opens with the shots of the aircraft carrier and that and that yeah. and the guys pointing and all that. You're like, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did this. Did they really do it? And then you see Maverick with his older but still cool arms as he's, you know, <laughs> doing this on the thing. And you're like, go, man, go. This is so fucking good. And then you meet the other characters and you're like, all right, let's get through this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the tough girl. I'm the guy that doesn't ever give it up. I'm the guy that's kind of, I don't know what anybody's doing. And you got to watch that for a while. And they keep cutting to Maverick, yeah. which means nothing. But in that first scene in the bar, because they're like, it's okay, he's here. It's okay, he's here. Oh. Maverick is here. He's here. He's It's for me. So the young people are meeting these characters that I hate. But they're Mavericks. It's okay. And Jennifer Connelly's over here. She's okay. They cut to the two of them constantly. They, they're. It's not important that they're listening to these kids. It's important that you, as a viewer, see them. Mm. When you're so watching, you keep, yeah. Sorry, go, interested. Go. That's all I'm done. When you're watching, or you know, when we're watching stand up. You're like seeing if you could see where this joke is going, mm -hmm. etc. And when you're watching film, is it like that? All the time. I stop and go back all the time and see how, why the cuts were what they were, and yeah. And this is always? Always. And you can see why they did stuff. They fixed stuff. You can tell they fixed something. You can tell they cut something here. You can tell they cut something out. It's an awkward transition. And, you know, yeah. I study movies all the time that way. Okay. You're studying movies. Obviously, stand-up is exploding. I'm talking about earlier in your career, right? Yeah. You, did you notice that there were, like, certain stories that just exploded? And what it was about, like, story that we're so drawn to? Like, why is it, like... 
I don't know, there's something just about human beings. Why are we so engaged by the story? I can give somebody a hot take or a hot premise or whatever, mm-hmm. but the story is the impactful thing. The story is when everybody's sitting around in a group and you're telling a thing that happened, everybody shuts down. That's right. Why? For movies, stories is big. It drives, it grabs your interest and, it dri- and then you relate to it and you, and you want to see what happens. And it's suspenseful. When a movie is about something, like an issue, it lays there. Because you feel the way you feel about a movie and about a, an issue- and maybe they maybe they're on your side, maybe they're not. Oh, but you're like, shit. I get it. it's it's just laying there. So these political movies, a, they don't they don't grab an, a viewer. But if you're watching a story, by the way, you can get to a, an issue by driving through the story. And do you think do you think Hollywood has an inflated sense of self, or do you think it is uh, because of how impactful certain movies and stories are? Mm-hmm. Do you think there are certain people in Hollywood that are going, listen? We're going to change the course of American history with this it's not movie. That, it's not that it's not that uh, uh, high pollutant. It's cynical. They a story works, so they go. Let's do that. Let's do that story. They just keep doing. Every story has a, a reverberating effect on a bunch of movies. So a, somebody comes up with a story nobody's quite told before, and then it gets done again and again and again. Everybody's just chasing. Yeah, they're just yeah. chasing other people's stories around. Okay, and some people are actually good at some of those are okay. You know, some B movies are actually you know good on that level. It's a rehash of some other thing, and they put a prettier face on it, and you know, you get, and then you add style, and you have a style of filmmaking, and yeah. you get that. There's a. Are you a fan of the Nolans at all? I know this is like mainstream. Christopher Nolan, yeah, not, and, and not them. I mean, I I don't get grabbed by those sort really? of like this is time is twisty. That was backwards. very really weird, but I almost feel like, and maybe this is because I'm a fan of of their work. I almost feel like or that's says they. Well, Christopher and Jonathan, his brother Jonathan writes it with him. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, but um, I, I just, I wonder if that's them like trying to flex their storytelling ability. I do think that those movies are sincerely interested in what they're doing. I don't think they're like but trying doesn't to show gravitate off to you. or that's, yeah, it's not my thing, but they're good. They're great movies. And some people absolutely, if anybody loves a movie, it's a great movie. What is the best movie you've ever seen? It's impossible to say that. I don't really know. Um, it's so many that I, there's a movie, uh, there's ones that just pop in my head, like Hard Times is a movie everybody should see. It's Charles, a, Bronson? Charles Bronson and James Coburn. And it's just about a guy who's a bare knuckle, you know, uh, brawler where they go to like a factory and they get two guys and they just, and guys throw money. It's like a cockfight with men. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. during the depression and it's set in New Orleans. And somehow they made New Orleans, they shot it in the 60s, look like New Orleans during the depression. And it's funny as fuck and it's strange and it's beautiful. And there's fist, just Charles Bronson just fist fighting with dudes. Long fist fight <laughs> scenes with blood everywhere. And they're, it's super fun. Great movie. I heard a cool story about you. And you can tell me I can't say it, but it is, it is really endearing. Oh, okay. I heard you, uh, you're about to be a good guy. Okay. For once. Uh, for once. <laughs> I heard uh, you uh, gave a bunch of money to uh, a boxing gym in the area because they were going through tough times uh, during COVID. Is that yeah. True? Alberto, oh, uh, he's, it's really close to here. Yeah. He has a place called uh, Work, WTF. Train WTF. Yeah, yeah. Work, Train, Fight. Yeah. Alberto was a boxing trainer at just a crunch gym years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere on YouTube, there's a video of me boxing with him. And he's wearing- Is it on Lafayette right there on like 4th or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly yeah. where. And he's wearing a, uh, a SpongeBob costume because it was, it was Halloween that day. <laughs> yeah. And he and I sparred and he really went at, he hurt me. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah, video yeah. of that on YouTube somewhere. But 
he used to train me back then. I love boxing training. Yeah. And then years, he's just a very unassuming guy. Yeah. And you know, come with train. And then I got back in touch with him and he had started just humbly said, I started a gym. And I yeah. went there. It's a fantastic Huge. gym. Yeah. And all kinds of people go there. Yeah. And Manhattanites, you know, boxing. Yeah. And he yeah. makes a lot of money with those folks. Yeah. And um, and then he dedicates a whole other time to bringing kids into the gym for yeah. free yeah. to use boxing to help them get off the streets and have, you know, yeah. the, 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 the ethos of boxing is a great way to get to teach young people to make an effort and to have some structure in your life. So uh, during COVID, he was taken aback. Destroyed. You can't do it. And they so, didn't give him a cut on the rent or anything. He was paying no. like twenty, thirty thousand a month. That's right. It's like an that. elite place. But he also he's so smart. He makes WTF uh, gear, gloves, and everything. People yeah. love it. He's yeah. got a yeah. podcast. WTF. He puts on glasses and he had the president he on. Talks about oh, anxiety and depression. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty amazing. It's a big yeah. show. Yeah, but uh, he also has fights in the uh, on Friday or Saturday nights where people yeah. pay to come and watch the students fight each other. They yeah. have little grudge matches, and he makes videos. He just he started shooting videos and and promos and stuff. He's a brilliant guy and a very sweet guy, and he helped me a lot. And when I came back to boxing, I really needed it at the time. Yeah. And he had started this gym and he let me use it. So it was an easy call for me. I just think that's really me. cool. It's like. Uh, I mean, I gave him $800. wasn't that much. <laughs> 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 so you're telling me you made $50 million on your, your specials that you put on, least, on, on your website. At least, at least $50 million. Just $75 per million day. Dollars a day. A day, yeah, and you gave him eight hundred dollars. That's right. And he told so me you demanded nice. three reps. You're like, I'll do it, but I need three, three hand reps. Three hand reps, because yeah. I have three hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. one number you shouldn't have used is <laughs> three. Um, I, I gave him some money. I gave him some money. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, this but, is you guys boxing. Oh, this is that's, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I was in my forties then. I was, was already. Get you hopping around. Trying to, but when he hit the body, you see that body, those body shots yeah, the are body shots destroying me. Yeah. You got hands though. I see you. <laughs> okay. Have you been in a street fight? Uh, not really. I punched a kid in the face once and he, that's about it. You know, in Mexico? He started crying. <laughs> yeah. That's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him for an autograph. All right, guys, we'll take a break for a second because I got to tell y'all about the best underwear in the motherfucking business. You already know what time it is. It's culprit. I say it every single week on this podcast. I wear them every single day. It's the best underwear you ever put on your body. Fellas, get it. Ladies, get it. Matter of fact, they got lady underwear as well. You ladies are busy borrowing your, your boyfriend's boxer shorts. You don't got to do that shit. You can get your own beautifully crafted for you without a pouch for the cock, okay? Fit nice and snug on the wound, on that wound you got. <laughs> anyway, like <laughs> <laughs> culprit has got the best underwear in the business. And you know what we're going to do on this podcast right now? We are going to give them to you. That's right, at a discount. You go to culpritunderwear.com, use the code flagrant. You're going to get 25% off the best underwear in the business. Now, do you want to use them because uh, they're 95% they're micromodal, which is made from beech trees? No. 
but uh, they want me to tell you that. I don't know why. I'll tell you they're the best underwear I've ever worn. I haven't worn another pair of underwear since. That's what's going to make you do it, okay? Do they want me to tell you that it uses 20 times less water than cotton? Yes, but that's not why you're going to buy them. You're going to buy them because your dick looks glorious, your mm -hmm. balls feel good, yep. and you look amazing. Culpritunderwear.com, code flagrant, 25% off. All right, guys, let's take a break for a second because i got to save you money. It's not going to cost you nothing, so you listen to fuck up. We're going to do it with honey. Very simple. You're going to buy things online, right? When you're going to check out, there's always that little screen that says, do you have a coupon code? You don't. None of us do. Nobody ever has a fucking coupon code. But those coupon codes exist somewhere on the internet, and Honey is going to find them for you, and they're going to insert it into that little fucking window, and you're going to get your discount. Simple as that. It's a browser extension. That's it. You don't have to worry about a single thing. Do you have to pay for something? No, you literally just get discounts. Searches the entire fucking internet for a discount in whatever website you're on. Absolute no-brainer. All you have to do is save fucking money. I can't believe I'm still trying to convince you guys to do this. It is the cheapest thing that you'll, as a matter of fact, it's not cheap. It, it is profitable. This it's is valuable. I save money on sneakers, that's not it. cheap sneakers. I save money though, value. Simple as that, okay? That was Akash if you couldn't see him, but you understood the motherfucking voice that was coming out right Hell there, yeah. okay? All I'm saying is right now, you go to Honey. It's literally free. It stalls in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast, okay? Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash flagrant. That's joinhoney.com slash flagrant. Guys, uh, I got to stop the podcast because I got to say thank you. Thank you guys so much for supporting Infamous. July 31st, that was the last day that we were selling it. Um, it's been unbelievably successful, all because of you guys. I'm incredibly grateful. Thank you so goddamn much uh, for spreading the word about this and just telling everybody you fucking know, posting on your Instagram, posting on Twitter. It's been awesome. Um, we're going to continue to get out a few more links for those of you who couldn't afford it. And uh, we sent out a bunch already. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. But once again, thank you so much. We made a fucking comedy pay-per-view event week. We held on to the conversation for two weeks. I mean, there are comedy specials that go up on you know, Netflix and then people talk about them for a day and it's fucking dead. For two weeks, people were talking about this. And we did that shit. And I'm incredibly grateful and I'm incredibly proud. Um, so thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And that's all I want to say. Now we can get back to the episode. No, I, back to the Mexico thing. I, I, I want to clarify this. You did live in Mexico. Yeah. And you spent formative years in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Your father, I believe, is Mexican. Hungarian and Mexican. Well, he's Me he was raised in Mexico. His, his father was Hungarian. And then came moved to Mexico. Moved to Mexico in the early 1900s. Yeah. Married a Mexican Catholic woman. Yeah. And had a huge family of all my uncles and my dad. My uh, mis tios and mis tia. Okay, and, okay. And, um, uh, my dad. Uh, I think it's an American thing where we're surprised that people move to other countries that aren't American. That's right. So well, they, it's not yeah. so easy. I mean, at the time there was quotas for, he was trying to come to America, my grandfather, my abuelito. Yeah. And um, he was a Hungarian Jewish doctor. Oh, you're Jewish? Yeah. Well, I'm not Jewish, I wasn't raised Jewish, but But it's heritage. in you. The yeah. IQ and everything. Quarter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The IQ. The yeah, love yeah, of the yeah. big nose. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather. Oh, the love of the big nose. Of the I thought you right. were just trying to get back in the industry. Back Turns home out a you're bit. actually <laughs> a back home. only <laughs> donating 800 bucks. <laughs> Dude, let's do it. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So to clarify, you are Mexican. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was born here. My father moved here, came here to go to school, mm -hmm. met my mother here, who's American, uh, Irish, English, you know. Mich Michigan girl, very smart woman, my mom. And they met 
at a, um, and she was going to summer school and he was at school and they met, they married. And then they brought after my sister, when my sister was born in Mexico. Was this a visa thing or like to, to get your dad? To be able to be here? No, he was yeah, here yeah. to get an education. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they're still together to the... No, my mother's dead and he's just in a fucking some shithole home that I pay for. <laughs> 800 bucks a month will get you a long way on a, yeah, on a Make him live at the fucking boxing <laughs> studio. Yeah, exactly. Put him to right. work. That's right. Okay. Fights on Friday nights. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody's 54, you don't ask, are your parents still together? Well, I, <laughs> so I, I, I didn't know. I, live. I, I no, know. my, my, um, yes, they divorced when I was 10. But uh, we, we, after, before I was even one, we moved back to Mexico City. He got a job there at a bank yeah. and we lived there till I was about seven. So I moved to, we came here and I remember coming to America Yeah, and speaking, knowing I only spoke Spanish. And you have full red hair. Yeah. You're in Boston. Yeah. And you only speak you know, Spanish. Canelo Alvarez. Of course. Yeah, I looked you. like that. But I can't imagine with people in Boston where there's already Irish redheads everywhere, seeing yeah. an Irish redhead and then you not being able English. to communicate. It was weird. It feels like we you're moved fucking actually with to them. Framingham, which had a big Puerto Rican community. Okay. So, you so could uh, there were Puerto Rican kids in my school that spoke Spanish but wouldn't. I had to adapt really fast. And I had to learn English really fast. My sisters all still speak fluent Spanish. Everybody in my family but me speaks fluent Spanish. Do you think that helped you uh, become a comic? Yes, it did. Adapting did help me. And just kind of feeling on the outside? That's- 100%. Yeah. Good question. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I, did, and, did I ask any good questions? <laughs> no, 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 did, no, did, did I ask tedious, any? Yes or no? Impossible. Oh, damn, damn. <laughs> Oh, I was really trying. Okay. You asked if he would be yeah. gay. That was your big question. No, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, what do balls taste like? Balls, what do they taste like? Yeah. A little bit like chicken if you eat them. <laughs> <laughs> if you lick them, you know. Skin. An elbow. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. It tastes like balls. It's an elbow. Okay, something I've always, always wondered about you is you reach the mountaintop of- of the industry, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're going to be humble about this. I'm going to tell you what it felt like from the outside. Yeah. This okay. is outside looking in, right? Yeah. We're all looking at this guy who's, <clears throat> we know is hilarious. And then all of a sudden the world finds out that he's hilarious and he's doing whatever he wants to do. You do a show, it's critically acclaimed. You have this weird thing where you're like beloved by like working class mainstream people and Hollywood. Mm. Even your face is uncomfortable because I'm complimenting you. This is like a comic thing I've realized. It's hard yeah. to, it's Okay. And then you go independent. Yeah. I think a lot of us went independent because we didn't have the opportunity yeah. to do these things, right? <clears throat> you chose yeah. to go independent. Why? I, I never understood it. I imagine everybody's like begging you to produce shows. They're going, please, can you write a show, Louis? Oh my God, can you make this movie? Can you do whatever you want? Well, it always seemed like the smart thing to do to me because and the, it felt good. I liked the way it felt more than anything else. Because you see so much waste in the way things are done yeah, yeah, yeah. and so much stuff that's about, why are we doing this? Yeah. Oh, God, I wish we didn't have to do that. And also, I like guys like, uh, there's certain guys I really admire, like Floyd Mayweather. The greatest, in my opinion, not the greatest boxer. Yeah. He's the greatest great of all time. Meaning that's he is better at it. boxing than I think Stephen Hawking's was at science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or anybody wasn't anything. Yeah, I think he, he perfected his craft more. He really did. He, he, guys like him and also Tyler Perry is another guy who. Oh, I really what admire. a fucking beast, dude! Great what fighter. I fucking admire that. Admire <laughs> Tyler Perry. Yeah, <laughs> these guys who just. <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite Medea? I don't never seen any of his work. Family reunion. 
Family I've never Union? seen a single Three. Tyler Perry. I watched a little bit of a live one of the. He started by doing these live plays. things. Oh, the yeah. plays, yeah. And he had these. Uh, he'd make a house, and there's people upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, yeah. And he they're wearing upstairs. the weird it's headset. Nonstop with upstairs. Yeah, you, the yeah. gay guy upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so I saw the, how that worked and that he's just getting selling tickets. But another guy that's just like him, who I admire just as much, is John Waters, mm. um, who wanted to make movies, had no way. He lived in Baltimore, but he thought straight lines. He didn't go like somehow, someday they'll discover me. He just went to a movie theater and, and asked them, how do, who decides what gets projected on that screen? Very basic. And they said, well, we get him from the studios. And he goes, and he sees that there's shows till 9, 10 p.m. He goes, do you have a midnight show? And the theater goes, why would we do that? And he goes, let me have the room at midnight. Yeah, I'll yeah, pay yeah. you rent. And then he goes with a shit camera and really poured a lot of work into and made his movies about his community and made it made them mean so much to his community, crazy people, you know, divine, the yeah. transvestite and all these people. And then he'd show them in this vault and give out flyers and pack those fucking places. Yeah. It was Dolomite. a huge thing. Dolomite did a similar Dolomite thing. is yeah. another guy who's just like, if I'm this and I'm the only one who does this thing that I do, I can find the people who dig it. Yeah, Rudy and Moore. So I didn't do that ground up like these guys did. I came up through the industry, a comedy club, hammering at comedy clubs. Then I went to television, learned television, learned how to write TV and tried having my own show in different places and stuff. But when I got... All of that upstream battle is not much you can do except keep trying and try. You don't have any control over how you do it. Mm. <clears throat> but when I got to be big, when I got to the place where I'm like, um, if I put something on sale, it sells out. It's guaranteed, right? When you get to that place, yeah, yeah. that when your show is announced in any, and where I was at a point where it's like any building on earth yeah, yeah, yeah. will take my, my uh, um, engagement. I can book it. Yeah. And if I announce it, it will sell out. It got yeah. to that crowd. Yeah. Not like giant stadium. There's I'm not Kevin to, Hart, but you know. Yeah, but there's also the, very, for us, it's always, all right, he sold out Radio City. Fucking amazing. Garden next. I'm selling out comedy clubs now. Now theaters. You, it's like, I'm selling out Madison Square Garden. I don't probably want to do the next bigger thing. So like, I'm set. Well, when I got to that place where it's like, we put a show on the sale of the garden and then another one and then another one. What do you do with that power? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you do with that? So you can go to the big companies and say, write me a huge check because of the power that I have. But to me, it was far more interesting to figure out <clears throat> who are these guys? How did this, who books this place? How does this happen? And wonder if I can do some version of it myself. And also when you sell your own tickets, when you what? go directly to fans, you get the Glenn Gary leads, you get, there, if Ticketmaster and Live Nation sell your tickets for you, yep. they get those emails, they, they get those contacts, they have control over your audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if they have come, to, I have an email list that's yeah. people that have been coming to my live shows yeah. and buying my specials since way back. Yeah. You, you said uh, two things I thought were interesting. One is somehow you managed to do the garden without Ticketmaster. No, we didn't ever got like without, we, 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 I did this one year where I was like, I'm not going to use Ticketmaster. Not yeah. because I, I think they're evil. They're fucking smart. Yeah. They cornered a market. Yeah. But I saw that there was a way to get, uh, we found it, uh, E-Tix, this company that yeah. would do white label ticketing. Yeah. that looked like it was just our tickets. Yeah. And their Ticketmaster's fees were 1250 a ticket. 
and Etix was a dollar fifty. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's no difference between what the two companies do. Yeah, yeah. So I used Etix so I could bring the fans' tickets down. I had, it was fifty bucks anywhere you saw me in any seat. Yeah. And we hired guys to kind of stop scalping so that really fans were only paying fifty bucks. That's and, great. And the garden said we're not going to take you because we use Ticketmaster. And <clears throat> the Ticketmaster was run by a guy named Irvin something. And uh, he, we would go, I, this is a long story. I don't know if it's that interesting, but no, it's a lot. I think this go, is, go, go. well, we went like, we'd go to a city like Kansas city and, and a live nation Ticketmaster has those rooms belong. They actually own those rooms. Yeah. They're doing what I, what I want to do. I respect it. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, buying yeah. the whole room. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck selling tickets. We own the room. Yeah. Yeah. And they own the um, venue is what you're trying to say. Right. Like they, they own, own the, the venue. Yeah, yeah. And so you pay them rent. And, and they're your fans pay the fee. ticket. All yeah, that yeah. stuff is going yeah. to them. Double dip. And then you get whatever's left and your fans pay too much and you get too little. Yeah. So we would go to a room that doesn't have a live nation. You like yeah. run down shithole room and would say, we'll do a show with you. And sometimes they'd agree. And then the next day, Ticketmaster would make a deal with them and rub, rub us out because they saw what we were doing and mm. they went around. I thought there was a garden thing where you, you no, found- No, so what a, happened was it, that I couldn't play the garden. So like I did the city center here, the, yeah. which was the only room that was not controlled. Yeah. Um, it's about 2,800 seats, I think. And yeah. I did it for two weeks every night, like two shows. <laughs> yeah. I did something like 30 shows there. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of money, yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. But so then the next year, Irvin, what's his name, left Ticketmaster and went to MSG. And he kind of wanted to stick it to his old boss. So uh, he gave me a deal. He wanted me in the garden. So he put, I didn't even know if it's legal for me to say all this, but he, <laughs> he, uh, he made a deal with me that the garden would pay Ticketmaster half their fee mm. and I would pay half. So he paid six and I paid six. So I paid my fans fee. So that they could come to the garden to see me for fifty bucks. To me, this was fun and interesting, and I I would have made less money than I would have. Yeah, but that's enough. Yeah, to me, that's an, I've always I have a cap to how much I want to earn. Oh, is that right? Yeah. What is it? Past that cap, it gets fun. What fun can I have? How can I earn money differently than other people? And how can I bring more benefit to the fans so that they'll keep coming and be happy they came and not feel like it was a good show, but I fucking, I couldn't eat that week. Yeah, so you have yeah. your fuck you number basically. And then yeah, exactly. That After is- that, it's, it's money to play with either to reinvest in work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I, that's why I like to, I like when I made this show, Horace and Pete, and when I, the, this movie, oh, yeah, right. self-financed. That's what yeah. I do with my extra mm. is make stuff without having to ask anybody without having to, is just start making it, write the script and then look for a cast and start making it. Now I wonder if, you are so popular and you're starting this trend of independence. Mm. And I wonder if there are people in Hollywood that have animosity about that. They're like, fuck this guy. Because everybody thinks they did everything for you. Yeah. Right? Like, literally, if this movie's the most successful thing ever, he made you. Now, no. you might not think that because no, you're made it, but no. an exec will be like, this we story made that. came from his heart. You know what I'm he saying? He gave me this story. He gave me the most important story of his life. Some, some executive is going to go, we made that person. And we need a little piece of it, right? Yeah. And so if you're going to take that success and go fully independent, I wonder if there are people like, 
Who the fuck does this guy think he is? He's going to well, start selling flying by in the helicopter well, looking all, at your towers. Right. Facts. That's all very abstract. I happen to know all these people. Mm. So like Live Nation, for instance, would be the company you'd say, fuck Live Nation. <laughs> Live Nation is run by a guy named Jeff Wills, who I've known since he managed the, the Punchline Comedy Club in San Francisco. He started way back then. He's a great guy. And that during all this stuff going on, there's a ton of times where Jeff Wills would call He'd me and call say, you. can I help you out? And oh, he has fine. helped me out in like key ways. Like okay. when when I just shot my last special called Sorry, yeah. we didn't know where we were going to do it. And it was pandemic and it was tricky getting venues. Yeah, yeah. And Ricky Gervais had to cancel at the Hulu in the garden. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah. And so Jeff Wills and his folks called me and up. offered it to me and they helped me make it work. Okay. They're great folks. And then also in, on, on the industry, FX was with me all, I was at FX for all those years. And they years. let you do whatever the fuck yes, you want. Yes, they were great, great people. Almost. John Langraff Almost. that runs Yo, it. FX is, is such an interesting place because I feel like if they had a streaming platform, they would succeed. Whoever's they do the now, head, they have Hulu. Now they're putting things in Hulu. They I think are. people it's don't all, understand what Hulu is. I think there needs to be like no. an education process on, do I watch old TV? Do I watch network yeah. TV? Yeah. Do they have I their own Hulu's scripting? Hulu's going to be maybe be the big winner because we talk about changing behavior. Al and I talk about it. You always just go to Netflix first instinctively. Yeah. I've started going, let me see what's on Hulu first. Interesting. Because they have the modern family, all the like legacy shows. Yeah. But then they have shows from like FX, like the yeah. what we do well, in the shadows is a show now. a bunch of people love. Yes, that's right. And they're part they of it. They got yeah. more cool stuff for kids. Yeah. And they also, I think, are smart about what old stuff they keep. Yeah. And uh, people get really frustrated in Netflix because it's kind of narrow. Also, like, I think Netflix was trying to, like, replace TV. We were talking about this a little bit before, but yeah. we don't want TV replaced, right? We just want the best stories. So instead of making a million different shows, make a few that we're really interested in. Make a couple movies and then have enough, like, uh, what I call, like, laundry TV, like Friends. Yeah. Like, I already know Friends. I've watched it a million times. Yeah. It's just on in the background while, while I'm going to sleep uh, or something like no, that. No, that's what, I remember when I was a kid. And I watch Friends. Watches Friends. And listen. <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> what a fucking loser. Pivot, Whoa. pivot, bro. Right, Andrew? Pivot. <laughs> Yikes. Ticket sales <laughs> is plummeting. <laughs> Could you be more lame? <laughs> <laughs> I knew when I said See Friends. You. I love losers. friends. Oh. I love friends. Fuck, man. Yeah, God. How do I be cool, Joe? Friends stinks. <laughs> uh, Seinfeld, that's how you be cool. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Show> stinks. <laughs> seasons three through seven. Uh. Oh, wait, you're like picky about which seasons. I'm a Seinfeld cunt. When Larry left, it just became very silly. It's very frustrating. Ugh. When people reference seasons eight and nine, I'm like, I can't be friends with you. You stink. Gotcha. So you're a Larry fan. I'm a Larry. I mean, Larry's my guy. Yeah, he's the best. He is the best. He's just trying to get you to say you don't respect to Louis. He's the true king of comedy. No, he is Larry. I opened for Larry David years ago when he was a stand-up. What was his stand-up like? Brilliant and impossible to. I was the MC actually. Okay. And a guy named Bob Shaw was a headliner. He was a great comic, and Larry was the feature act. It was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, at the Catch Rising Star, and so they told me you have to watch this guy's whole set. Because he blows up and leaves a lot. He walks off stage a lot. He won't do, a lot of times he won't finish his set because he gets angry. So they said, you, you have to stay in the room and be ready to jump on. And oh, what? not for joy. No, no, for, to save yeah, the show. Yeah, in case he just leaves early. Oh, I thought it no, was like, a, like, you got to yeah, see this. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, saying, yeah. we need you to be standby. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't know anything about him. I never heard of him. And he, I, he instantly became my favorite comedian. The audiences didn't know what to do with him. But he had these great bits like um, he says, I could um, I, if, if I was complimented by Joseph Mengele, I would have liked him. 
Like if he get paid me a compliment, anybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does this thing of, Larry David, your hair looks good today. He's like, oh, really, Dr. Michael? Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dr. Michael. Thank you. Michael is not a bad guy. <clears throat> and, um, and he does the thing about anti-Semitism at country clubs. Okay. And he says that where he's experienced it was that sometimes when you're putting, they'll say stuff to put you off. The guy's like, hey, Larry, how about the six million? That's a pretty excessive. <laughs> no, go ahead, putt, putt, putt. You know, just weird stories. <laughs> Very funny. Some of them that became episodes. Oh, really? He did a story, a story on stage about leaving a message for a woman that was so embarrassing on her answering machine that he had to break into a, her apartment and steal, <laughs> and steal <laughs> the tape. That was a bit of his. It's an episode of Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, he was, but then he would get really angry. Like, some yeah. guy would be quietly ordering a beer. Like, really, people were very polite. And he'd go, how could you be so rude? What kind of person are you? And he just starts screaming at them. And he'd throw money at people. And, Take your money back and, and leave, you fucking animals. <laughs> and he, was, he just gets so angry. And after a few shows, one night, uh, he really bombed. And the crowd was great. They were like the best crowd we'd ever seen. That's his problem. And after the show, he said, uh, he said, what'd you think of that crowd? They were awful, weren't they? Were they awful? They were rude and just noisy and bad, and it wasn't true. But I said, yeah, yeah, guys, just being polite. He goes, well, why didn't you do something about it? You're the host. You're supposed to no, 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 control no. the room. You don't control the room. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Have you talked about him uh, to him about that since? Yeah, I, I auditioned for the show once. Okay. And, and he said, I remember you. I remember. Catch your eyes. I remember we worked together. I didn't recount to him right. how impossible he was. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, yeah, yeah, because I was trying to get a job. Right. But I love, I love Larry. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. yeah. He's like, to me, it's like guy. the most pure. It's like he can't yes. help how irritated he is. I like that. That's the kind of comedy I like is folks that can't help it. They, yeah. And if I can say something about yours, which I really appreciate, please don't feel uncomfortable. You're already wrinkling okay. the brow. Is that there's this feeling that it's falling out of you. There are certain people that like, like Chris, and I love Chris. I grew up on Chris. And Chris is like, this is how it is. This is how That's it is. That's right. And yours is almost like, it's like, I, I just can't. Yeah, it's yeah. Some, and there's something about it where, and I, I watched, you know, obviously you're coming by the cellar or something like that. And I'm like, I kind of watch. And especially live. When you watch a, something that's, you know, taped, you're like, I know that this was prepared. But watching it live, yeah. it feels like it's just happening. This is just happening. Yeah, and now. that's a, a bit of fakery. I did is precision. We all have it. It's, yeah, it's a because skill. you, 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 and the the tricky thing is when bits start killing because a lot of stuff that I do is uncomfortable when I start saying it, and I'm uncomfortable because yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, but I push through it and find a joke. Yeah, and together we find joy in a scary place. That's yeah. what I like to do. But when bits start killing because I know mechanically how to make them work and I know this path, I get a little smug and I start doing jokes that are like you know super offensive about pedophiles and just talking about, like, hey, this is going to kill. It always kills. Yeah. And then I, the crowd's looking at me like, what are you Why are you, are you so doing? confident yeah. about this? <laughs> and I forget. And, I forget. Yeah. and then I readjust to like, oh, yeah, this isn't easy to talk about, but let's get there together. Um, so that's that's my tricky thing to yeah. manage, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it was that authenticity that kind of cut through the mess. Like when people found you, they were like, yeah. this guy's just kind of like talking right now. Like it, this, I'm going to make a weird comparison Go for but, it. But, you know, when I first saw Kings of Comedy, I don't know if you watched Kings Great of, movie, yeah, great. I And I was so young, I didn't know that Bernie was mm. telling jokes. Mm -hmm. And I was like- You're just watching a dude fall yeah. apart in front of you. This is the funniest it's, human. He was the best. He was, the first year I ever did, the first year they ever had 
the Aspen Comedy Festival, which came and went. Yeah, yeah. The first year they had it, they didn't know to segregate the shows. It's a funny thing. Because comedy <laughs> festivals are always like they, they have yeah, urban nights. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they didn't just, it was a new festival. So like, let's just put comedians together. And there was one show that was like an all week show that was me, Mark Marin, Bernie Mac, and Cedric the Entertainer. Wow. All four of us. And it was one of the best shows I ever was part yeah. of. To be in with those guys. And Bernie, I mean. Force. The one of the best comics ever to me mm -hmm. is Bernie. Have you seen the five minute set he did for Def, Def Comedy Jam? Jam? I'm oh, afraid sure. of you, motherfucker. Yes, it's the best. So it's the best. Mark and I were talking about this. Is it is it the best just five minutes of a performance in comedy? In no, terms I of, mean that's been a lot of great five minute performances. There has, but like it wasn't even the jokes, right? It was him reacting to this yes. thing that happened. He it created was just a, this uh, energy in the a, room. Was, yes, he walked into. He made Def Jam into something interesting. I mean, Def Jam was powerful. It was, already it was great, like if, but Bill, he turned it. He turned it into something else. Yes, it's like if Bill Burr Philadelphia was an audition set. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Def Jam <laughs> made your career. Bill Burr Philadelphia was a one-off that got captured on camera and then blew the fuck up. Yeah. That's he right. just thought, uh, this is the set, I'm in it, let's get the fuck out. Bernie's like, this makes or breaks my career. People are bombing. Fuck everything. This is what I'm going to do for five minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to me. Just call the audible on the biggest moment of your career and say, this is what it is, and then bury it. Yes, and some and both of those had this something in common, which is not comfortable, feeling attacked, not yeah. happy to be there. yeah. But in control of it, yeah, and 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 weapons, great, great jokes, yeah. That's a, a, an enormous. That's and that's lightning in a bottle. It's very hard to, yeah. It should be hard, it, yeah. It should be a hard thing to achieve, yeah. You, sh yeah. I, I don't want to say like you shouldn't be able to recreate it every time, but the magic of doing it, yeah. That's the tricky thing about comedy is you, you, you it's it is a live thing. Yeah. I think that's and, and one problem that comedians have when they make specials. I think is yeah. trying to get it, trying to be slick. And trying to be in control. You want it to be your great night. You want to be like a rock star. Did it happen? You want to be like yeah. Perry Como and just be like, hey man, watch me work. Yeah, yeah. And I want to show that I'm killing and there's, you know, yeah. there's uh, smoke in the room and yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. But that's not what comedy is at its best. Sometimes it messes up. Sometimes it, it people does. interrupt. How do you make it organic? How do you make it pure in that moment, that's even if a it's a little thing. less funny. Well, and all, but also you want to be good. You want to actually yeah. do it well. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I was getting ready for a special once and I thought, and I was talking to Chris Rock, who's a great mentor. He's always yeah. giving me great advice. And I said, I think I'm going to take a month off before I shoot so that I'm fresh. I'd been working really hard. And he said, that's a really dumb idea. He said, you need to be prepared. And I go, but I want to be fresh. He, and he said, it's, I don't even, I think he made this up. It's better <laughs> to be prepared and pretend to be fresh than it, it is to be fresh and pretend to be prepared. Do you agree? A hundred percent. But there is, you can move the, that line somewhere where it's just where you want it to be. Because it's just different. It's a different product. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. It's great to watch a guy master a set. Yes. But it's also super. One of the things I used to love listening to is Jim um, Florentine mm. on XM Radio. I like listening to XM Comedy because they just anyone can send a tape in. Yeah. And you hear some really fucking rough stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, and some of them are just don't, there's just somebody who sounds really unsure <laughs> and they're talking about their family and the crowd's not with them. Yeah. But Florentine is in some place in Jersey and he's getting heckled. He's like, oh, is that right, sir? Is that right? I'm a shit. Well, well fuck you, sir. And he's just, he's always sounds like he's yeah. uh, like, there's a lot of beer. You can smell the beer in the place. 
So uh, yeah, I like I like comedy that way too. Sinbad, what do you think of Sinbad? Oh, real quick on Florentine, I, Florentine had an amazing joke at the Rich Voss roast. Did you see the Rich Voss roast? Yes, he stole the show. He's amazing, bro. One of his one of his jokes was uh, he goes, uh, Bonnie really lived the American dream. Uh, she moved to America and got stupid rich. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best joke in the whole so thing. So amazing. That's the that's best a great joke. joke. That's a great roast. I love One it. One line. Bonnie, Bonnie goes, uh, Bobby Kelly, you're up next if you want to start making your way up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great roast. Oh, dude, it was so good. You can get it at uh, Rich Voss. Roast. I think, I think it's on YouTube net. now. Oh, they put well, it on he's YouTube. Gonna hate well. me for saying that. Well, buy, buy it. it there and support it. But yeah, yeah. I, I love Richie's fucking way. But yeah, Florentine has some amazing fucking yes, roasts, man. That's good. Yeah. I love um, that we complimented Bonnie and Jim, but we were like, and we love Rich also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His name's on the website. You can you can get it there. Yeah. You were saying about Sinbad. Sinbad, I, I Why think. Why makes you think it's Sinbad? Because it's always fresh. He'll go up. I think the way he got to start is he just had somebody read the newspaper and then he did. Uh, the whole five minutes on that. And then he said, I want the joke to be different every single time. Mm -hmm. I want, if you come to two shows in a row, the joke is always a little bit different for you. Yeah, that was my goal when I started doing stand-up. When I when I found out as a young, I wanted to be a stand-up comic that the, the people tell the same jokes every night. Yeah, I was I was I was heartbroken. Aghast. It's yeah. such a bummer. Yeah, so yeah, sad, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was crestfallen. It really is. And I, I I had a goal to do this a different show every time. Yeah. I never got there. Chris, Chris broke but, that for me. Rock broke that for me. Well, yeah, because when I got more into it, I like watching guys. Yeah, I yeah. watching how it works. So that's because we're inside of it. But yeah. when you're yeah. a child, it's all fresh to you. Yeah. It's all it like, like a thing. Yeah. That's why I don't think any comic should do the thing that they all can't stop doing, which is I told that joke in this place. You're not living enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a big mistake. They go, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've said this to other people. Explain for the people maybe who don't know as much. Some inside. comics will yeah, tell yeah. a joke. And it's to make fun of a place. Yeah. So they'll make a joke that's one version of it. There are many. Yeah. They make a joke about something intelligent. I don't know what the joke is mm. that they think is intelligent. And then they go, I told that joke in Mississippi. And this guy was like, what? Yeah. Or they have something that happened that was funny in that's the moment. It. Yeah. A funny exchange where they were clever to the person. Yeah. So they like, I, I told that joke one time and this guy said and this. And I said And this. guess what I said? Yeah. You're yeah. just yeah. in a mess of, what are you doing? Yeah. What are, yeah. Why are you doing this? But I think that's an example of when you're not like living enough yourself, right? Like I think that we can get so obsessed with stand-up and only going on stage and not yeah, actually your story's about life. last time I was on stage. Something's wrong, you're bro. You're going dry. Yeah. But Sinbad, I remember Brian Regan, who's another just electrically yeah. great comic, one of the best yeah. of all time. Sinbad, he worked with Sinbad once, like open for him at a club for a week, like right. way years ago. He told me this story that they were hanging out in the daytime. It used to be you'd like work at a club with somebody and then you'd hang out all day. Yeah, yeah. And so like they're waiting for a bus and it's taking a long time. And Sinbad's like, man, this, this bus is never coming. And then he goes, oh, and he writes, writes it down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, so then that night he watches Sinbad and he goes, you ever been waiting for the bus? And it's like, this bus is not coming. Damn, man. The bus never comes. And that was it. Like, he was just, <laughs> that was the whole joke. Well, he Norm MacDonald. <laughs> that was the all day he would write jokes. And the jokes were just what ha what he said during the day. Norm MacDonald said it when he did Montreal with Sinbad. And again, Montreal is another thing that makes your whole career. He has like his tight seven minutes. Norm does it. He's worked yeah. on forever. Him and Sinbad are going to buy socks the day of the show or the night before the show. And then it's like super hard to buy socks. And then Norm goes out and does his tight seven minutes, gets in, gets out, does it like he rehearsed it a thousand times. Sinbad goes up. He's like, yo, why is it so hard to buy socks in Montreal? Whole set on socks, Oof. crushes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So That's I, what he had. What Something that these stories <laughs> tell you in common is that Sinbad hangs out. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Hangs out with other comics. Mm. Says, you want to go back? You want to go? You know? He's one of the most Not underrated. That. Was, was that harder for you as you got more famous and there are more people like wanting things from you? Like in your heyday, was it hard? Is that hard for you? You're the big guy right now. You No, no. I, I dominate most of that. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, don't, I don't give much space for other people. No, no. But I, I just feel like you were in a different position because I think you had more platforms to give opportunities. Yeah. You know, like when you have a show, I think every time there's an interaction, it's like you, you're almost auditioning. Oh, am I going to be on this new season? Yeah, I mean, I did give a lot of guys uh, you parts did? in my show. A lot, of, a lot of people in my show were comics. Yeah. I love using comedians. Why? Um, first of all, I like... Stand-up comics, it's my community. I love them. And I care about them. I mean, it's goofy, but I do. And so, uh, and I like seeing somebody and thinking, what if you gave them a shot and seeing what happens? Um, like, I remember I was in Australia. It's the only time I ever went there. And I went to Melbourne first. And I went into a comedy club. And it was the only place I'd been for a long time that nobody knew who yep. I was. And there was a young kid there named Rob something, Thomas Anyways, a young, really, really nerdy, nervous guy. And all his jokes were perfect. And the crowd was like, what is this shit? But then they started loving his jokes. And I was going the next night to Sydney to play the big opera house. And like the only building in the whole country that anybody recognizes. And so I said to this kid, why don't you come with me to Sydney and open for me? He lost it. And he was like, okay, I don't, I, I had, he said, I have a gig in Adelaide, but I'll try to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. And he got out of his gig and I took him and I loved being in the wings. What, and he was looking at his set list and he looked, and I said to him, I, I've been in this position a lot. I've given somebody a shot. Yeah. And I said, don't worry about the spectacle. Just the, these jokes, just think about your jokes. Yeah. And, and he destroyed Another person like that was Lynn Coplitz, who was a woman yeah. who I love. She's, she's so great. funny. Yeah. She's great. And she spun her wheels for a lot of years. Just yeah. she's a seller comic, works yeah. hard. Yeah. But nobody was going after Lynn Coplitz yeah. for a big game. Great gig. perspective, too. Yes. Like Lynn's comedic perspective, I think, is really interesting. Really and unique and very raw and real. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know her that. This is how we became friends. I was doing the garden and I had a couple openers and I thought I wanted one more. And I just told somebody, get Lynn Coplitz tonight to open for me at the garden. And she came to Madison Square Garden and uh, she was serious and nervous. I had hope for her because she wasn't yeah. like nervous, like talking. She was just serious. Locked in. And she went up there and it was like a star is, a star is born. Like she was wearing this flowy thing and she was just out to the crowd. Yeah. And they were in love with her and it killed me. It made me so happy. It's like yeah. the best feeling. You get a little emotional world. even thinking about I it. I do. It makes me want to cry. Yeah. It was a beautiful feeling. We've been very close since then. Yeah. But that is so rewarding to me. It's almost, in a sense, it can be better than personal success on yeah. stage. Yeah. Because you don't get to enjoy your work that way. You're in the middle of it. You're yeah. in the middle. You got to deliver. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't go like, this is great. Yeah. But you can do it when it's somebody else. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we take a break for a second because I need to tell you all about Athletic Greens, okay? Just listen up for one goddamn second about Athletic Greens, okay? With one delicious scoop of this right here, AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefit, all right? 
supports better sleep quality and recovery. It's one thing that you can do every single day that you can help yourself with. Just drink it and feel better. That simple. It supports mental clarity and alertness. You can take great care of yourself on some AG1, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Okay, guys? This is what we're going to do right now. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water. It's one scoop with water, rather. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash flagrant. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash flagrant to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's August. That means it is National Hair Loss Awareness Month. And you know what? This shouldn't even be a month because hair loss is a choice now. That's right. Keeps will keep that fucking hair on your head so we never have to have this stupid holiday ever again. Keeps is going to keep everybody with a real fuzzy scalp. And it's going to do it for a real bargain. I'm telling you, they got generic versions of all the drugs. It's so easy. You can do all this over the phone, the online doctor visits, but you got to do it now. You got to do it because it's preventative. Stop the hair from going away. I mean, the treatment's going to take four to six months to actually see results. You got to do it fast. I've been on, look how glorious my shit. I've been on, on over it. a decade. So what you're going to do is if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash flagrant receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S.com slash flagrant to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S.com slash flagrant. Also, guys, Big Daisy Energy Tour is still moving, still adding a few dates here and there. But in the meantime, important announcement, this weekend's dates in Atlantic City have been moved. We are doing some uh, really cool podcast shit. You guys will see what it is soon. But in the meantime, those dates in Atlantic City are moved to November 4th and 5th. So... The next show I have is August 11th through 13th, Tempe, Arizona, the Tempe Improv. Then September 9th and 10th, Orlando. Marky's coming home. We're going to be at the Orlando Improv. September 15th through 17th, I'm going to be in Nyack Upstate at Levity Live in Palisades. Uh, September 19th, 29th through October 1st, I'm going to be in Raleigh at Good Nights Comedy Club. Raleigh or Raleigh or however the fuck y'all say that goofy-ass shit. October 6th through 8th, Pittsburgh Improv. And every other date that I have, we're adding some more. I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking, we got some cool shit happening. So go to akashsing.com for tickets. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so that brings us to to, to Mr. Joe List here. And mm -hmm. Joe, this is going to be uncomfortable because I'm going to compliment you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Geez. But you're another person that I would watch at a seller and I would think is absolutely hilarious. And I've told you this before, but I don't know if, but you, if you recognize it. But one of the more fun people for me to watch because- Everything that you're talking about, not everything, I don't want to put that, but a lot of things you're talking about are, are like kind of like painful. Yeah. And it, it, it can be like, I'm talking about like, oh, I had this really traumatic moment as a child. It could be something, so like somebody saying something about your teeth. But I remember like watching you go up there, right? You had a great joke about it, right? Yeah. Uh, the fucking, what was the? Oh, maybe the uh, Ray DeVito was giving this to this. I said, I'm really self-conscious about my teeth. And he said, well, you should just get some crest whitening strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I meant that they're crooked. But now, and then, and then, and then, and then it was a tag, but thanks. Now, uh, I forget how the rest of the joke goes. But, but it was just, it was like, I'm watching this person up there and it was like, I had two feelings. I had one feeling, which is like a hyper focus on the things that you're insecure about. Like, how does that affect the rest of your day? 
But also I was like, you're just, a crowd watching you can't not laugh if the jokes are funny. Yeah. Like it is like, it, they don't have to experience this if you're comfortable with it. And I would watch you every single time there. And I and I'd literally sit there and think, I'd be like, wow, man. One, that's really difficult to do because you have to be painfully honest with your fucking self and the things you feel most insecure about and then find a way to be funny about it. And I wonder if that is kind of what drew you to I, Joe. That's what I love about Joe, yeah, is that he's very vulnerable on stage and he's very, uh, uh, he's. it's a very generous thing to uh, invite people to laugh at you at the things that upset you more than anything in the world. Yeah. Not things that you're mad about. I'm sick of this yeah, shit, yeah. but like, I can't handle this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he is a jokesmith. He makes, he Beautiful, crafts yeah. great jokes. He's gotten better and better at it. Yeah. The first version of Joe I ever saw was more rhythmic. Mm. And, and here's a joke. And then here's a, mm. and here's a joke. And then, but then he got out of that and started to really breathe and talk. That's when you um, get more comfortable up there, right? When you right. lose the formula yeah. a little bit, yeah. but yeah. is it? But is so it, yes, it made me very happy to take this kid to, you know, Israel to, he opened for me at the garden. He opened for me at the forum in Los Angeles and oh, in stadiums crazy. all over the country and all over Europe, all over the world. And it was a great, it was, and he's from where I grew up. And yeah. So that makes me very happy. Okay. Is there ever a place that you went to that like maybe f was foreign and they don't understand the self-deprecation? It was a ton. I mean, I ate shit a lot in Europe. It was tough. Israel. And then he kept being like, I want you to do that thing you said on the plane today. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. there's like 12,000 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Louis would be like, you fucking bailed on it, man. Yeah, you bailed. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is unusual. <laughs> I'm doing a joke for the first time in front of 14,000 Israelis. Yeah. Cold, going yeah. up cold. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and he'd always be like, say that thing, the shit you said on the plane. That's really funny. And I'd be like, uh... Uh, the Wizard of Oz is what? And I'm like looking, like, what did I even say? I don't know. It's like dance moms. I remember like, the, no, uh, the joke. <laughs> Czech Republic, we ate shit. I ate shit. The, yeah. the Wizard of Oz joke was, uh, I didn't know Cos Bill Cosby was in the Wizard of Oz. It was a, yeah, they sing a because, song about Because, Bill because, because, because. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a joke I came up with when I was six. And yeah. he's like, do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, because for me, my openers, I don't need them to kill. I'd rather, if they do the same 10 minutes that kills every night, I'm just getting bored. I like to watch something before I go on stage. Mm. And it doesn't matter what they're going to do. Mm. It doesn't matter if they, when I go up there, it's it's just that they stirred the pot and got things going. Right, right, right. I do like following people that kill because yes. it makes a better room. Keep you sharp. Yeah. I kill yeah. also. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound <laughs> like, no, no, you 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 like, it sound like I just fucking he was it. killing, yeah. he had a killer set yeah. and I would ask him to break it down and add new stuff and change it and try things. Yeah, for your own personal Which is also growth. terrifying, yeah, for him because it's also like, yeah, but I don't want to do this fucking story in front of 14,000 people no. and bomb my ass off. Yeah. That's right. But I didn't care how he felt about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I knew it was a better road to him getting- For girls. I also had one at the garden. So we did the garden. Oh, yeah. You did eight in one year, I think. And we did, I did three eight with you. Eight shows at the garden. No, I did eight total. I did five, five. One year I did three. One got snowed out. And then the next year I did five. Jesus and so I did but over the same, yeah, whatever. I yeah. did three of them. He was using three openers doing seven minutes. And one of them, we started to become close. And he said, it's just you tonight. I want you to do 20. And I think my suspicion is that it was the last show to go on it was sale. The dregs so it was like, of our audience. It was the, the people that were finally like, all right, I guess I'll go see Louis. Fuck yeah. it. So, and then he had a tough set also. Yeah, it's it's the worst. So I did 20 minutes at the garden. 20 minutes. More like, almost like 25, I think. And I was eating shit. And I almost, <laughs> there's a, you know how like sometimes you do a joke and one person laughs and you go, this guy got it. Oh, I almost did that and yeah. caught myself at the garden because I did a bit and there was a guy in section 430 that went, ha ha. And I was like, I'm not going to say that guy got it. But literally 14,000 people and one guy up there one fucking laugh. chuckled. 
and I ate. I wanted to kill myself, and you then the group on. I went on. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, he. I had a hard set. He Louis tough. struggled, but yeah. And then we were like miserable after. But yeah. but I, I don't know. I guess you can see in the garden. There's going to be certain circumstances, but I think humor also like evolves with. Uh, the country or culture that's adapting to it, right? So like stand-up is like newer for certain places. So yeah. I think the first version is like they use puppets and shit, right? Mm. Like you look at like a Russian humor, they're still like even early on, they're still using like these characters. And then I wonder if what eventually happens is like they'll catch on to self-deprecation and they'll sat, catch on to like more, I don't want to call them like sophisticated versions of humor, but I think it takes a, t a little bit for audiences to well, get- Well, it's cyclical. In America, it's cyclical. I mean, comedy is here to stay, right? Uh, but it does go in cycles. So there's some times where sarcasm gets very popular. Mm. And then there's times where joke jokes get more popular and you get guys like Hedberg and mm. Stephen Wright. Uh, there's always a little of something. I have a theory on that. Yeah. I think it's a reflection of- uh, uh, how do I say it? Uh, mm, when you can say anything, absurd things are funnier. When you feel restricted in your speech. That's true. Comedy feels a need. Yes. Comedy is a need. It's not It's not just like music or something. Music is a need. Obviously, for some people, they just die without their, their but music. But we always need love regardless but, of what's happening yeah, in your country. But, com music. but comedy is something that people need that fills a, a, a void, a yeah. void and, and, and it heals. Yeah. So yes, when people need more escape, they want more absurd humor. Yes. When people are, I need are to be feeling confident, for. they yeah. want to go, what's really going on? And then they mm, dig down deeper. Yeah. So, and I think that's natural. So, I mean, and I, I think the thing you have to do is keep being the same kind of comic and just let- and hope it hits you. Let the sun go up and down. Yeah. There's sometimes where it's like right now, or it's got, it's coming back, but there was a time where being a contrarian, yes. I'm going to talk about something you don't want to hear, yeah. became very unpopular. Yes. And the yeah. thing to do when that happens for me is not to like spend your time saying that these people are wrong. No. It's just, you're out of the sun, you're out yeah. of the sun for a while, Yeah, but you keep it going. Cause there's always also, there's somebody who, if you're a, some comedians get very greedy for love. Yes. So they're like, if I'm not in the big, if I'm not in the zeitgeist. Yeah. I'm failing. Yeah. But you still got your crowd. Yeah. They're still coming to see you and hear it. And used, so you do yeah. it for them. And at some point, maybe the goofy people who give out awards and stuff will go, this is this good is comedy. This is cool again. now. But yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's seasonal. This can come and go. But yeah. if you chase it around, no. you don't, you're not yourself anymore. Yeah. 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 I'm always, yeah. I'm always curious about those ebbs and flows. Do you find your, like Joe, do you find that it, it wanes on you a little bit? Like that hyper-focus on these things that are difficult for you? Like do you have um, to balance that emotionally? Yeah, I guess. I mean, sometimes it's hard. It's so hard to talk about comedy, I think, without sounding like, well, yeah. well, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, what's the question? I'm sorry. I guess like, <laughs> like, 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 so the hyper -focus, like the hyper focus on the vulnerable things in your life. Does that make you maybe insecure? Does that make you... Well, I start to run out of them. And then what's weird now for me is like, I used to be so anxious. My whole life was about being anxious. Yeah. And I got that together yeah. through sobriety and meditation and stuff. So I don't really have that anymore. So now my act is more about a shit, taking shits or like uh, sex <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. And so uh, it's a different kind of thing. And that's anxiety thing. inducing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you're yeah. like, well, do I not have the thing that I cared about that I was, it's like, uh, this is not it, but like a, like a fat comic that loses weight. Like, I think there are like big comics that are like scared to lose weight. Yeah. Cause they're like, am I going to lose the For thing sure. that I'm good at? Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. You no, know, look, I, I have made my first splash with stuff about my kids. Yeah. And I'm not in that role of, uh, anymore. My kids are growing up now. Mm. So um, so I had to, you know, you got to let go of stuff that's from a certain part of your life. Yeah. The basics are still always there, that life is hard and it's lonely. Yeah. So you find it through different. But yeah, the stuff I've been doing is more abstract now than, yeah. Yeah, sure. But you had abstract even early. Yeah, I started out with goofy, strange jokes. Yeah. And then I didn't like it anymore. I didn't feel like it was, felt limited. It wasn't, it wasn't. That nah, wasn't as fun. Can I piss? Will that be a problem? Yeah, no, the go, show man. Tank if I dude, leave. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> I think flow. the show will be all right. Joe, Joe, go pee. There's no rush. There's no anything. Great. Oh, God. You think, you think that, um, okay, so like Larry found his calling, right? It was like, these ideas didn't work on stage, mm-hmm. but they worked beautifully. On film, yeah. On film. Yeah. Can you look at a comic and go, oh, fuck. If he, another example, and Chappelle was was like you in in that like he was masterful in two mediums, right? Sketch. Sure. But also in stand-up. Beautiful, yeah. But can you like see certain guys on stage and go, oh, fuck, those are brilliant ideas. And on film, they would work, but he can't. Well, not just the idea, like the voice. What would that person be like on film? I think of that, you know? There's people like that. Like there's a comedian in New York, Marina, Marina Franklin. You yeah, know Marina. Marina yeah, Marina's great. great. Works out at WTF. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. And I think that she should be on film doing mm. something. She has this wonderful musical voice <laughs> and very, uh, you just love her. And she could be, she, she could, I think could be a big, big star if she was on TV or movies or something like that. So I look at people like that or like this kid, uh, Ian Finance, his act is just so frenzied yeah, and yeah, he yeah. kind of runs through an idea and then dumps it. And so he's kind of a mess on stage, Yeah, but you just, lo- I, I want to see him in a movie like Dog Day Afternoon or something. I want to watch him rob a bank or something like that. It's the energy. He's a great he, voice. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's great. But that's another reason I like using comics in film. Because you can put them in their strong suit. Yeah, the actors are cool because they're an empty vessel. So you can give them Fill instruction and give yeah. them a, a story and a character, and they can mold it and make it into a person. It's a great art. But comedians are what they are. And if you can take them and then kind of guide them through listening and through getting through scenes, and some are good at that and some aren't. But uh, that's, that's, I love doing that. That's really fun. That's why I like using that. And also they're good pressure players. What do you mean? If you tell an actor, if an actor's tanking, uh, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. tell them. They'll, they'll fall apart. Yes, they yeah, will. Yeah, they yeah, will yeah. fall apart. Yeah. You got to say that was great. Yeah, build them up. Yeah, that yeah, That was yeah. so good. Yeah. And just let's try this. Yeah. And the, this was awful. You're trying to get them yeah. to the thing. But you can go up to a comedian and say, "This dude, you're, you fucking stink. That was not it. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, fuck. Because they don't want to fail. Yeah. And they're facing failure all the time on stage. It's like every single show could go yeah. bad yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you just go, no, that's bad. That's bad, man. I work better with positive reinforcement with acting because I'm so insecure about my acting. Mm-hmm. So like if, if like the key grips and shit are laughing- like I'm looking for like the people. Yeah, like, that's no good. That's no I, good. You got to get off that. It's not. I, I don't care about Because the grips are acting. just bored, and they're not going to help you. They're not yeah. your. They're not your friends. I'm. I'm literally treating it like an open mic. I was in a movie that with uh, that Woody Allen directed. Yeah. And I did a ad lib, and it when he said cut everyone, I got applause because it was so funny, and I was like, I felt really good. And then I saw him walking towards me and I was like, no, whoops. <laughs> he was like, he was very nice, but he was like, that was good. That was funny. Let's 
do what I need here. Let's do what's needed. And I was like, no, I got it. I got it. And he goes, no, it's good. Maybe I'll use it. But let's, but give me the one that I want, that's yeah. in, that I need. Do you think Woody Allen did it? <laughs> did, <laughs> what? None of my business. About time we asked some fucking good questions. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about over here? There's a guy, uh, very funny comic, Stavros Hokius. Do you know oh, he's Stavros? Great. You met him. He's in Ari's house. Yeah, he's a he's a hilarious guy. He had a hilarious bit about uh, uh, Pythagoras. Yeah, and he's like, uh, he's like, listen, I sell, I, I separate the art from the artist. I go, what do you mean? He goes, listen, I, I still use that Pythagorean theorem all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what did Pythagoras do? A squared plus B squared equals a C what squared. Do, what what is a want? scandal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was asking the theorem. <laughs> You know the hypotenuse, Louis. The hypotenuse. Louis, I thought buddy. I was going to be the smart one for one moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, he's probably fucking little boys like they all did back then. I guess, but yeah. everybody was. Greeks. Everybody was. Yeah. Even the little boys were fucking little boys. Is that true? I don't know. No, they were fucking there. adults. I wasn't. I'm not that old. <laughs> they were fucking the adults, yeah. actually. You're right. <laughs> Which is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Kids shouldn't fuck adults. No, fucking no, fuck little bastards. Yeah. They're, they're, complicit. they're complicit in the yeah. crime. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if that made the kids feel better. Like if you were like Michelangelo's boy mm. and like you got to look at the, you know, the Sistine Chapel. and Yeah. Could have gone anyway, though. You don't have to fuck Michelangelo to see the Sistine Chapel. No, but no, like but you, you saw the work that. and you were like, that's me. Like, yo, you helped him <laughs> get the there. Muse. I'm the muse. <laughs> I'm, yeah, like I made maybe, this happen. Maybe that was fulfilling. Yeah. And if the work was bad, it was like. I got fucked in the ass and that's what you made. <laughs> 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 the big reveal to the boys. Are you fucking kidding me? Man. <laughs> On the ceiling? Fucking dude. <laughs> um we should watch Stavros special. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah check it out on YouTube. I will. He's really funny. He's great. Um Fourth of July. Yes. It's our movie. Can I don't want to do the A film. Hey, tell us about film. it. Whatever. But like, can you can you tell us about it? <laughs> you know, I, I want people to know about it. I want people to go out and support it and they can yeah. buy it now. That's another thing, right? It's going to be, when is this on? Ideally, we put it out tomorrow. Okay. So then Saturday, so August this coming 6th, up. Okay. It drops on my website. Perfect. Yes. LouisCK.com. That's right. And can you give us a breakdown of the story, how this even came to be? Why should people go see this? It's like it's a it's a family movie. It's a guy like well, it's about a family. It's about it's a, a family, family. movie. It's not a family movie. It's not for a family. Yeah, we say cunt and yes, cunt, fuck, uh, a lot of fuck, a lot of fuck. Well, that, that's a, that that's a I female. will pay for. <laughs> In character, we say it. Yes. And what is the story? Uh, the story is about um, it's about a guy uh, who um. I'm much better with just zingers, you know. Okay, so <laughs> it's about a guy. It's about a guy. Hey, I got you. It's, <laughs> it's about a guy who's a New York um, young fella, uh, and he's anxious, living in a river of anxiety. Just can't, ne never stops coming. He's just, is this okay? Is this all right? Uh, no, I shouldn't. It's just living that way all the time. But he's living that way. Yeah, he's kind of on a cruise control of anxious, uh, you know, uh, um, living. Yes. And sober. He has, right? he's sober. Uh, he's, you know, working at it. He's in AA. He's got a sponsor who he's not doing a great, he's late to his sponsor meeting. And it's, that's also a little tough for him. 
and he's married and he has a nice, easy relationship with this woman that he just, that's his light. That's his nice, that's where he's confident and happy when he's with her. Uh, but the rest of his life is kind of a mess. And he's also a jazz pianist and he succeeds there. He feels good when he's playing jazz piano. Um, and, uh, he goes to therapy and I'm his therapist. And, um, he, so anyway, he, um, he just, he's, he asks his wife when he sees, I'll tell the main scene because I think it's the turning point. He sees his wife texting with her friend while she's in the bathroom, but he sees it on her, on her computer screen and he, and he sees he's about to see something and he closes it, but it makes him anxious. And he asks his wife, he goes, I'm just, do you say something to your friends about me that I just, I don't, is there something that you don't, that, and she just says, I am not fulfilled because we don't have a kid. That's what I really wanted. We never did it. And so I'm not happy. And he just, he, the last thing he expected was that it was something very real, not about him and his quirks, but um, your <laughs> wife, your wife, the light of your life is not okay. Yeah. And he says, what, but why did you just stop talking about having a kid? She says, yeah, but cause and he sort of gleans from it. You, you don't really, you don't think I could be a dad. And it's a horrible realization to him. And he comes to his therapist and he says, what do I do? And I kind of go, well, yeah, you're, you know, it's okay. And he realizes his therapist and his wife, everyone gave up on him ever stepping up and being a father, being a man and that life is passing him by. And so he, what he keys on is that his parent, he has this terrible fear and anxiety about his parents that they, that they showed him no love, that he doesn't know how to be loved. So he's going to go to back home to Maine where his parents are from Boston and they go to Maine every summer and he's going to confront them. He's going to confront all this shit and he's going to get it out of himself. So he goes there and it's, it's just, his family is just this melee of just fucking Boston ego id people that just say whatever they want. They drink like crazy and they're offended that he doesn't drink because he's he's sober and he's trying to find a moment where he can claim his manhood there. And so that's really what it's about. It's about him going home and trying to do Confronting that. Confronting the demons. Yeah. And right. then those people are, you know, and Nick DiPaolo nails this character as his uncle. Nick is. Tony V is it. These two guys sense. are like the twin towers of yeah. like fucking Boston hate. Yeah. And, uh, and but love too. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're mad at him for being sober because they love him and they miss when he was a loser like they are. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what it is to grow up in Boston really. Yeah. And, and so it's that. It's him trying to deal with that. And it's all just flailing and fucking up. And uh, and hijinks ensues. And hijinks and, funny, and it's ensues. sad. And it's did this fun. happen to you? Because you're um, married. Yeah, this yeah. sounds very autobiographical. It's all very this real. Is your therapist, yeah. basically. It's yeah. all very real. There's a lot of stuff taken. A lot of actual dialogue from my real life. And then we heightened the family, of course. And then the mother in the movie is more like sociopathic. Louis kind of created the mother character. Yeah, the mother was sort of like women in Boston that I grew up around that fascinated me. These powerful women. Any? Yeah that say things in lyrical, they use big words sometimes. Like what the one I pointed out when we were looking at it yesterday, that she says, by by the grace of God, you're in this family and by my wrath, you'll be out. <laughs> you know, that's how Boston <laughs> women talk. So that mother character was an opportunity to create these. And that the characters, like the mother is a great actress. She's, mm. a, we, 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 if you populate a movie with the comedians, let them sharpshoot. But then you have actors that can really drive it, drive home. it home. Yeah. And that was, and Robert Kelly is, he's, oh, on, he's both. Yeah. Because Robert's a great comic, but yeah. he's actually a virtuoso actor. Yeah. He could do anything. Yeah. So he plays his sponsee. Ah. Um, it's really, it's a good movie. It it's is. Good. It's damn good. I'm damn proud of it. And it's feels, 
And it's not from me. It's the thing I loved about it was I was sort of in service of Joe. He really wanted to make a movie. I didn't have a story in me at the time. And so we had, we mixed some ideas that we both had, but it was really his story. Um, so I got to just direct and get get his vision up. I feel bad that I didn't see it before you guys came. Yeah, you Mark, fucked us. Mark saw it. Yeah, he went yeah, to the did. theater. Did you like it? I did. I saw. I thought it was wonderful. I saw it on the. I don't even remember on the one of East the East Village. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. Is that the East Village, Lou? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Village Cinemas, and uh, we we premiered at the Beacon. There was like two thousand people. Yeah, like, fucking killed. Yeah. So, yeah. so Joe's yeah. telling me that, and I think that's the craziest thing. Like. Seeing a movie with two thousand people, seeing an action movie when there's a couple hundred people in a movie theater feels great. Seeing yeah. a comedy, I remember seeing the first Hangover at a sold out theater and then mm-hmm. laughing with other people in it. Great feeling. It heightens it. Yeah. It's awesome. It it's does. fucking amazing. Well, that's what we discovered with this. We got a, a very small distributor to. We just went out yeah, yeah. to each place, and first we did these big premieres where we got to be there and watch people laugh. Yeah. But then the great thing was hearing because what we would do, we were sort of in the middle. So like AMC theaters gave us like 72 cities in one night, seven o'clock on a Wednesday all over and then done. But we packed all of those screenings and then added shows and we kept getting reports. And he got a lot of feedback on Instagram, people saying that they were there, that they loved that they were there and they all laughed together and people would applaud at the end. This This is what's great about film. And people keep saying like, well, the movie theaters are dying. Well, if you give them a little blood, it all comes back. Yeah, because that experience That's right. is unmatched. Yeah, we were supposed to do like one week, some, but we were we were there. We just kept holding over. The Lemley in LA kept getting held over, kept getting held over here. And then these one-night screenings kept moving around to different cities and packing the places. And Joe said so. that they were blown away by the amount of money it made. And I won't say the, the number because I know how <laughs> sensitive you are with that. But it was like multiple times. It did, what but it's not thought. a lot of money. But for, for, for theaters a aren't a lot of money. For theatrical release? theatrical release, we did way better than we expected. And this is with really, we didn't really advertise very much. No promo. Your email list. The email list. Don't and podcast. then his And his social media stuff and a yeah. few podcasts. And uh, but it it was word of mouth. The thing that was crazy was watching the theaters where it was in consecutive nights. It would increase every night. Yeah, every night. And uh, we realized that we hit on something for for people that they're into. The guy who distributed is a very old school guy. He said he was liked because it's a non algorithmic movie. Mm. It doesn't have a thing like a person's name or an issue. It's mm. just a movie about failing people. Yeah. And you can work this algorithm is supposed to be so genius, but it is limited because it only knows what it knows. It doesn't know anything outside of itself. It doesn't have the ability to include something like, well, no one thought that was going to work. Yeah. So, and it's all an experiment for me. I'd never done a theatrical (coughs) release independently. And this is the first time I've put a movie on my website. And it's the first time we've done those two, both things. It was theatrical first. So I don't know how it's going to do. Was it cool to see laughs? Oh, sorry, go. Yeah, probably similar question. What's it like watching your movie crush versus crushing as a stand-up? It was weird because we found, first of all, it's about my life. So it's drama to me. And the whole time we were writing, Louis was like, we're writing a comedy. And I'm like, no, we're writing a drama. (laughs) And it's the classic thing. It reminds me of the Mel Brooks story about, you ever see, they, they asked him what's the difference between comedy and drama. And he says- Drama is I get a paper cut on my thumb and I'm, I'm bleeding and I get a Band-Aid and I call my wife and I keep pouring peroxide on it and I'm checking on it. That's drama. Comedy is you're walking down the street and you fall in a hole and die. Yeah. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> what do I care? So that's how I felt. I was like, this is a drama and it's all very dramatic and yeah. we cut out a lot of jokes and then we played it at the theater at the Beacon 
And there was huge laughs in places and this that is I thought were thousands of people. That's another thing. Like yeah, you don't yeah. watch movies in front of thousands. Not of people usually. Well, and the Beacon Theater was a movie theater. Mm. It was open yeah. as a movie theater, and it was a movie theater all the way till the seventies, yeah. from like mm. the twenties to the seventies. Yeah. So that's how people used to watch movies yeah. together, yeah. and the, the rich people down there, the poor people up here, yeah. Yeah. and everybody watched together. Now yeah. that's how they watch stand up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Rich people down in here my theater got a laugh before the movie even started. Like, just from the text that comes up on screen. I won't oh, say yeah. what it is, but there's just a text on it that comes on, like, in the very intro. Oh, you yeah, got a big yeah. laugh. Yeah. I think that's yeah. cool is because sometimes those moments, like, uh, it, and it's an edit, really. It's like an editor's choice to, like, put a reaction here, gets this big explosive laugh that you would never fucking think because you're, like, painstakingly looking over every line that you say and every delivery of this. And sometimes people are just engaged by the character. Sometimes the character just being themselves in the moment is what's going to induce That's it. right, and I didn't know what I had with Joe. I thought... I was prepared for needing to teach him how to the basics of acting and yeah. how to not just be waiting to deliver your funny, yeah. but to and he's the lead character, so he can't he can't be a sniping comic just with moments right. that you can cut around. He had to carry the movie, yeah. And so I had no idea how it would be, but I was dug in for I'm going to have to you know because my thing is it's not we're going to get it, it's going to be good, but how long is it going to take? That's to get all. It good, yeah. So if you suck. My movie's not going to be bad. Yeah. You're just going to be here all day. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, yeah, and I'll yeah, figure yeah, it out. Yeah, 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 and I'll yeah. use other people and I'll figure out how I'm going to cut it that I'm going to get around you, you that you suck. Mm. How much does it? But he, but he, yeah. I just want to finish it so you please, know. Please, please, like, yeah, yeah. Why I said it, he was an automatic. He was oh, just, really? he was an easy automatic. It was, it was such a, first of all, a huge relief. And it let me put attention on everything else that was going on. I'd just be like, yeah, he's got it. He's got it. He, every, every take. A virtuoso, if you will. Like he was there. He was just there, but not just that he was playing himself, which isn't as easy as it sounds. It's harder. It is, I think, in a sense, but also just the way he listened to folks. It made me comfortable knowing I can always cut to him if nothing else is working because he's really in it. Yeah. And I feel for him in, the, in every shot. Yeah. Uh, and he's funny. I, I wonder if it's easier for comics to do drama because... When we're on stage, a lot of times we're being serious about these things. They just happen to be funny. Right? Yeah, a good comic is a comic who's uh, uh, believable, who's really in it. I, I, so I, that, I, yes, yeah. they are better as dramatic actors. Which, And then being a comedic actor is being serious about something that you know is absolutely ridiculous. Like yeah. the Will Ferrell is, he's playing a character, but the character believes everything. The character's not trying to be funny. He's not trying to say like a corp, uh, quip or whatever like that. Yeah. So I think sometimes you see comics do these like dramatic roles. You're like, how the fuck do they pull that off? And it's like, well, that's closer to stand up. And yes, it also it yeah. probably, convincing. Re probably removes the I don't need laughs. Where we always have that need, like oh, if I'm not getting yeah. laughs, I'm getting insecure. Yeah. I'm starting to whatever, overact or whatever. Yeah. If it's a drama and I don't hear the key grips laughing. Who cares? They're not supposed to laugh. Yeah. So all that weight is off me. Now we're just in this thing and living in the moment like we would on stage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and my I'm like a straight man, essentially, in the movie. Mm -hmm. How annoying like. is that, though? It was fun for me. I mean, because I've been there. <laughs> I've been to dark places. I was just trying to recreate these dark things. Yeah. And it's easier to act. I mean, that's like a, a famous quote from uh, Peter... Um, Sellers. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers said... <laughs> It's, uh, easy, it's easy it's to pretend bottom. to be serious. You can't pretend to be funny. Yes. So it's a lot easier to pretend to be... Yeah, to be in it. Upset. And, yeah. 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 Um, um, does that make sense? I have a question for you. The industry acceptance, when you were like on your mountaintop, mm. the industry, you, especially because you worked your way up through the industry and that's the only way to get in. In the industry, you were 
the darling. Mm. Everything this guy does is amazing, groundbreaking, et cetera. Is that addictive? Because after 2017, it's not there anymore, but you're still putting out the same product. The fans still like it the same. So is that something that you feel like, man, fuck, I missed that? Or is it like, no, nah, I'm still putting out the same product. Good the fans question. Are and I, I was in very, Two good one of the better... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fire, never him. Get Fire him. Fire him. Never get his approval. What if you switch seats? Yeah. That might be better. Please try. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, Joe. that Jesus. way you could kind of. Yeah, I'm going to no, be over I like here. the question from over there better, though. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, it's the chair. Well, it's too late oh, now. It God. might be the chair. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who is that on your. Uh, I get sent sweatshirts and then. Shouts to Alexander Pappas. He sent me this. Oh, I thought you meant who are you? It's Akash. He's a comedian. Who's in there? He's a comedian. But is he funny? Was he good? He's very funny, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for you just finding get, out about You got to get stuff. I'm more than just good questions, yeah. dude. You got to no, style this. You got to watch Akash. You got to watch Star Wars. I do. I, there's a lot of guys I don't know. A lot of yeah. people. There are more, there's more than serious XM. Sure. <laughs> with comedy. Yes. Uh, your question was, oh, yeah. So I, it was actually a great discovery for me because I didn't know what it would be like. Because mm -hmm. when you're there and we're taking private jets to do stadiums, which is kind of a grind. It's not... It's not really what got me into comedy was yeah. the big stuff. And I'm also never been comfortable with uh, fa big fame, the big like, oh, my God, fame is just it doesn't make me feel like a per I like feeling like a person. Yeah. So when somebody te treat, treats you bigger than that or yeah. less than that, both stink to me. Yeah. It just makes me uncomfortable. I don't I can't I don't identify with mm -hmm. that. And the industry, I knew it from I mean, it's, I've been doing this for 37 years. So that I was in it long enough to know that when I was getting a lot of acceptance from there, I was like, yeah, right. Like, I know this is short-lived. I know this is conditional. Yeah. And I know a lot of it is just wind, you know, it's not really, but again, it's, there's actual human beings involved. I had partners in the industry who I had really meaningful relationships with who I'm really grateful to, like, F like FX. Yeah. I mean, FX, even after my series Louie is on my website now. They let me have it. Yeah. And I mean, I paid for that. I paid them. <laughs> yeah. Right. But they did. That's an unusual thing. I, I, they took it down from every other service and they gave it to me and I, you can only get on my website now. That was a really great thing. And they yeah. did that for me. So there's a, that's a human thing to do. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, what I found out was when I just needed to just work again and sometimes just comedy clubs, there is this fear when you're up there. If I ever had to just go back to the funny bone, sitting next to the soda machine as it, yeah. it out into the room, the smell of fried food. Mm -hmm. What it, I may just have to kill myself right. if I go back, but I got back there and I was so happy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved it because yeah. I just loved telling the fucking jokes yeah. I, and I'm closer to the crowd. And the money you make as a stand-up selling out a comedy club over a weekend is ridiculous. It's yeah. that it's close to my that's enough point. Yeah. It's just, I mean, they give you the whole fucking door yeah. and it's insanely good money. Yeah. So money-wise, I was like, I can live on that. Yeah. I And then make it- And the make fans it. pay less, which is something that's, that's important right. to you. And then when you make, and then you make, and then when you get little bumps, like, hey, I'm back in the theaters. This is so fucking fun. Didn't know if I'd be back in the theaters, but it's just doing the work was plenty. Mm -hmm. I don't miss that shit at all. The being, the mountaintop, a mountaintop is a place you visit. You don't fucking live, live there. You don't live in a tent sucking oxygen. It's actually not fun up there. <laughs> it's a goal, yeah. but it's not a life. It's a place to visit and it's a place to be seen from miles around. So you can collect. I have fans now from a lot of different places. I have fans all over Europe. I play all over the world because of the opportunity I was given by those people yeah. in Hollywood to get up high. But now I've got, 
I've, they're with me. I, I was smart enough to collect them on my own to find a way yeah. to get directly to them. Yeah. Did you but do that? I don't miss being like shit, red carpets and being in, on yeah. lists and yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. I think comics Just, are too self-aware to enjoy that. To enjoy that stuff, that like red carpet treatment. A lot like, of yeah, we're them people. love it. A lot of them love it. Some people need that. They like that's their indicator that they are alive. That's their indicator that they're going, that they're doing something. Yeah, I think that's sad. That's not that's not sustainable, mm-hmm. and it's also not based on you. Mm-hmm. It's based on a trend. I got a lot of attention that didn't. I didn't have coming to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm proud of the work I did, but I'm. It's got. It was like, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, when yeah, I saw yeah. comics looking at me going like, dude, enough. I agreed with them. I'm like, it's, yeah, was, yeah, I'm sure you were. It's just like, it was enough already. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, you know, you don't want to be that guy. Right. You know? So there, there's a, uh, Jerry Seinfeld to quote your boy. Jerry Seinfeld was accepting an award. Oh, my boy. Yeah. Was accepting an award for something. I forget what it was. Peabody award. I don't know. Something. That's a great video. So it's, it's like the Philly bird thing. It was, and he's up there and he goes, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want to be in the back with a bunch of comics making fun of this whole stupid yeah. thing that we're all here for. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's what you have. And I think that's what we have. I mean, it's stupid. Yeah. The red carpet thing is dumb. All of it is dumb. Yeah. If it's the people dumb, love you, what the fuck else do you need? Yeah. You don't need these five guys. You voting. don't need that. You don't need the press. You don't need them saying that. There are good versions of all of that. Yeah. It's cool to read a review of your work that's well-written, that's yeah. thoughtful, that's positive. Yeah. Sure, that feels good. But I would, if it's between that and the audience getting off on it, not even the audience loving and coming, but yeah. the audience get, knowing that you're hitting them, yeah. then the rest of it can go fuck itself. It's meaningless. I have a follow-up based on what you said about getting your own emails and not liking the mountaintop. Did you do that knowing I don't want to be here for long? Did you do that with like... I'm getting the fuck out of this whole thing that I'm in well, right I've, now. Well, I know that people don't stay up there. That's yeah. always been clear to me. So I always it, knew that was temporary. You said so it you, in an Opie and Anthony interview. They were yes. like, they were like, you're, you're doing, you got private jets, you got all this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, it's not going to last for it's a while. It's not, can't. Yeah, yeah. When I first got my show at right. FX, which wasn't, <laughs> I was dead right. Was dead right. When I first got my show at FX, John Langraff, who became my friend who runs the place, he just sent me, he asked me if I'd ever seen The Shield. Mm -hmm. It was their first big success. Great show. So he sent me 10, it was DVDs then, sent me all of the 10 seasons. And I lost my mind watching The Shield. Yeah, yeah. I watched all 10 seasons and I was obsessed with every character and every actor. And you can tell when they're making the show, the way they walk on the set, they're like, I'm on a hit. Yeah, I'm yeah. on a hit. Yeah. This, I can do anything after this. None of those people are working anymore. <laughs> yeah. None of them. Yeah. Michael Chiklis is a monster. You can't even see his face. <laughs> and all those other ones, they were like, you know, I mean, that's some of them. Walton Goggins is like, fine, keeps finding work and he's a great voice. Yeah. But, they, but they're not what they were on that show and they were winning everything and they were all anybody was talking about. Yeah. And that's not a bad story. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. You get to be this shining thing, yeah. but you got to give it up. You got to be willing to give it up yeah. and dismount uh, you know, I was dismounted. It's a little different than dismounting. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that because I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what it would have been like. I don't know. I did prepare for it well. That's, yeah, that's Yes, I, I did. But uh, but the, the trip down, no matter how it's done, I think is rough it's for rough. anybody. Is it cool? Nobody or- gives it up on purpose. Nobody goes like, that's I've had that's enough. enough. Yeah, yeah. only George Washington. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pearl Jam. Did they give it up though? They actively stopped doing interviews, stopped making music videos, and made themselves much smaller. Oh, wow. And now they're a huge touring band. They can still do a stadiums here and there. They'll do Fenway Park or Safeco Field. Yeah. But a lot of people, well, I'm a big Pearl Jam guy. I've seen yeah. them 42 times. And I'll say, yeah, I'm going to Pearl Jam. They go, Pearl Jam, are they together? 
because they have a very <laughs> small a fan. thing. They yeah. have yeah. this. They sell out. We go to all the shows. You meet people that go, oh, I'm yeah. seeing six shows, eight shows. But they're not. They're putting out records that kick ass. But yeah. there's no Grammys. There's no platinum records. You know, when I learned that from guys that I, like Stephen Wright. I yeah. came from Boston, and he was the first phenom out of Boston in my in the 80s. And everybody loved Stephen Wright. Yeah. He was, and he was in his Tarantino movies. He was, you know, made it. He got an Oscar for a short film. He was just, you know, shit and gold. And, uh, and then he found this perfect cruising altitude. He still today goes out to all the best cities, works really sweet theaters and makes a damn good income. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just doing that and, and, it, and it's about his fans and his voice and you know. So he got big enough to, for that cruising altitude to be pretty decent. That, you know, what yeah. comic seems to be straddling both worlds well is Burr. Burr's got the love, he's got the right. industry, but he also doesn't seem to care about any of it. He's doing his own thing, got his podcast, yeah. still got his Netflix specials, yeah. but just like, I'm doing me, all this but shit. But has is, like, it seems like he's right out of the crosshairs of like mainstream yeah. news. You know, yes. like, and I think that's kind of where you want to be. Like when you become the thing that gets clicks for a headline, like that's what, I mean, it was Rogan goes through all the fucking time. Now Elon's yeah. going through it. Yeah. But it's like, when you get to operate and I want to make my cool shit and put it out and people enjoy it, that's the best. But it the, keeps you going. And 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 the other stuff is it, you live or die by it. And it's very tumultuous. It's like heavy, heavy uh, uh, turbulence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's not a good way to, it's not a good way to, it's a good thing to ride for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And then people remember, man, that guy rode that for a little while. Yeah. But I did also, when I was up there, I did say no to stuff that I thought would be like, that's going to, that's going to put me beyond where I can get home from it. Oh, really? You know. Big, like what? Somebody asked me if I wanted to be George Jetson. Uh, in a live action, yeah, in a That's live action. That's my one impression movie. I do, the Jetsons vehicle. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking so good. It's a great impression. It's also, it's also Eclipse. <laughs> the boy. There's a, uh, there was a rumor you were going to be in the new Wakanda movie, the new Black Panther Yeah, you movie. were going to replace. That's right. Yeah, yes, yeah right. Chadwick. And you said no to that for some reason? I don't like black people. Really. I thought that was the reason. <laughs> That's no offense. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know you guys probably got to go. I don't want to take yeah, up yeah. any more of the time. Uh, yeah. Nothing? Okay, black guy has no questions. Uh, but, but see no. the film. Yo, see see the, the film. Yeah, 4th see of July. the film. Fourth of July. Push the film. Uh, August 6th. We're obviously huge fans, both of thank you guys. You. And thank you guys very much for taking the time. It's so and fun. It's, uh, I, really, I really do admire what you guys are doing, and I'm really grateful for what you did. And I know it's mm. uncomfortable, the brow's furrowing, but I, I mean this sincerely, that, that I wouldn't be able to do it without you doing it, and that means a lot to me. So thank well, you very much. You're doing that for somebody else, so good for you. Oh, hopefully. Thank <laughs> you. All right, man. Thank this you. This is Louis C.K. and Joe Vest, everybody. Thank you.